Hi, I'm Namusa. And I'm Adadana. And this is the Africana Podcast. Now I don't know uh, what our words really are. It's okay. We'll make them up. We'll make them up. No one knows what we are saying. But it's right. Are we all now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There was a false start earlier, y'all. Sorry. We're back. Hi, guys. Hi. How are you? First time caller, long time listener. First time, long time. Bodega boys. Uh, We're back. Namusa. Yes. You want to catch us up? Oh, you're going right into it. Like, not even like a second of. (laughs) Oh, we're not going to do the banter? No. I mean, that was banter. What episode number is this? We've bantered. That's a good question. Funny you should ask. <laughs> quick one. You, uh, quick. Yeah. Uh, insert episode number here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, hold, 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 please. Please hold. 34. Hey. That's a grown number. We're older than me now. That's true. I Is know. that your catch up? That's a good segue. That's a great segue. Ew. So I have a cold, but was a well-deserved cold. What? Okay, sorry. Yes. Because I, I often get cold when I'm traveling. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I was in South Africa for my 33rd birthday. Hey! Uh-huh, in Joburg and then Mahalisburg, um, and just spent it with people that I love and adore. And, and Woolworths. Oh, yeah, yeah. And spent a good morning, Christmas morning as I call it, at Woolworths. Food. Oh, God. Such a good Bought olive oil, bought balsamic, bought every kind of <laughs> spice you can think of. Amen, sis. It just makes my heart so happy. It's so good. Bring Woolly, hashtag bring Woolies to Kenya. Please. I don't know if I would ever leave. I would never cook again. Believe that. We would all just eat salads and be Amen. really happy. Listen, I, can, I have eaten, I'm fairly certain, every single salad offering and pre-made packaged pasta offering that does not have pork. I'm fairly certain I've eaten Diversifying. All of them. Yeah, so good. Anyway, so, just, yeah, so I had a wonderful birthday. Uh, I am now a whole 33-year-old person. And how does that feel? Wild. How did I make it to this age? Amen. Unclear. Um, I had really beautiful experiences, a whole host of them, like almost too many to share. Um, but I, I spent a lot of my birthday with good food, incredible conversation, even better people. Amen. And great wine. Woohoo! Um... South Africa is really just like a whole gift. Literally. And obviously I'm biased, but you know. True. Fair. <laughs> the country's still incredible. So yeah. So I had a wonderful birthday. Awesome. Um, back in Nairobi. Yeah. What about you? What's happened since the last time we spoke? Oh, <coughs> um, I'll save the bigger part for what's about to come, but... There is an anecdote that happened in the last few weeks that's really funny. and I, Well, I'm biased. But if you I, say it's really funny, then it's going to be like gut-busting funny because you never say something's funny. But I have shared it with other friends um, and everyone has really enjoyed this story. So this, this is a preview of... Okay, it's not a preview. Okay, it's it's somewhat tangentially related to what the main topic of this episode is going to be. Which we haven't told you yet. Which you still don't know. So just keep that in your head while I'm saying this. Or don't. Your head and your hearts. <laughs> hearts and minds. Um, minds and prayers. So I was out and about. Uh, in these streets. Out in these streets. And I went to a place called Jay's. <laughs> 
On a Let me guess. Thursdays. It was a Thursday. Yep, Thursdays. Thursdays. Um, Thirsty Thursdays. And this was, it's interesting because there's been a bit of a controversy about this place. I've heard. Yes. So long story short. Well, uh, but I think the preface, the important part is that Listeners need to go back and listen to J7. Oh, yes. That if episode. they haven't yet heard that when... Free, free Adedoni. When Adedoni was locked up. That will set the scene for where this is also taking place. So really, all the, venue. all the best memories <laughs> are coming from this one location. Um, so, But recently, there was a... Someone posted or commented on one of their Instagram posts about how black Kenyans don't get as good service as Indian Kenyans and uh, white people. Okay. Uh, whether they're white Kenyans or foreign Kenyans or white foreign white people uh, <laughs> foreign Kenyans. where are you going with that one or yep. foreign Kenyans no anyway um and so then the actual com the Instagram post the Instagram account the actual one responded to that and said you know I'm paraphrasing but this is pretty accurate you know this is not just a well actually no they go- they basically they're going where they're tipped <laughs> and this is not a Nairobi, that's not a Jay's problem. This is like a wider Nairobi thing. Why would that be the response? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know why it tickled me so much. There was a moment there to really make this a learning moment. No, no, not at all. It's like basically you just don't tip enough. So, ergo, anyhow. So, this is Jay's. Anyway, so as we have discussed on different episodes throughout the years, Wow, actually, our third year's coming up soon. Wild. That's also wild. Anyhow, um, I was out with some friends, and this guy approaches me. <laughs> I love that you're laughing already. <laughs> oh, okay. And he says to me, um, he says, excuse me. I'm like, hi. You're very, you're very beautiful. And I say, thank you very much. It's very kind of you. And he says... Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't really know how to dance, but you seem to know how to dance really well, so I have to pretend standing next to you. And I'm like, no, you don't have to pretend. Just like, were you feeling what he was putting down at the moment? No, at the time? okay. I, I, do you have, act like you know me? No, I was not. <laughs> okay. And so he says, uh, and so I say, no, you, you just do whatever you want. You know, it's fine. Just it's. You know, it's Thursday. We're having a good time. Don't stress. Goes back into the bush. Recedes into the bush. Yeah. Um, and then he says, you know, I have to give you fair warning. <laughs> this is not going somewhere well. <laughs> I have to give you fair warning. <laughs> I... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I think it's important to say I have not yet heard this story. <laughs> yes. No, I've saved this for this moment. <laughs> he says, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this part that's funny it's what comes after that it's like anyway whoo lock it up Addie. get it together so he says you know i have to give you fair warning there's so many things wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you and i'm like oh boy okay so mind you thursdays is a very loud boisterous and place busy place super yeah. busy like half the time you're like what's your name oh, yeah. like how long have you been in Nairobi? Yeah. So I'm trying to like offer advice and be Oprah while like Burna <laughs> Boy is blasting club. in everyone's ears. And so I'm no, you know, nobody's perfect. We're all human beings. <laughs> Bless you. You know, like it's fine. No, you know, we've all got our issues. You didn't turn around and take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to be encouraging, you know, despite the fact that it was super, super loud in this moment. 
And he said, and so this is me being encouraging. And he says, yeah, no, I know. It's just one of my pickup lines. I'm like, this, <laughs> what? I'm like, okay, we're done here. And then he goes, you know, you're very beautiful. And he repeated himself. And to be fair, on this particular evening, I was rel- I was put together quite well. well I-, I wore a very nice sweater. Did not come to play? It was like pretty, it was, ba- like it wasn't trying too hard. It was effortless, mm-hmm. you know? The I love that you used the word effortless instead of basic. I see what you did there. Flipped <laughs> yeah. it around. No, never basic, darling. Never basic. Darling. Darling. <laughs> darling. No, no, never that. Um, and so, so he says, you're very beautiful. Actually, you're very sophisticated. This is the second time around now. This is a continuation. Like, he has not left okay. or, and come back. Like, this is one whole interaction. Right. It's just my laughter is interjecting and making this a longer story. So he says, you're very beautiful. You're very sophisticated. And I say, thank you very much. Because sophisticated is a lovely compliment. I feel sophisticated in Nairobi sometimes. And I don't feel like that's appreciated. <laughs> so that was lovely. Well played, sir. I'm like, thank you for seeing me for my sophistication. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I said, thank you. He's like, yeah, you're so sophisticated. You look like you could be a dictator's daughter. I'm doing <laughs> the white guy I mean. I, I, what? <laughs> true story. 100% true. And what did, how do you respond to that? I don't remember even what my direct response to that was. I think I laughed on the inside and I laughed on the outside and then like. Slowly walked away. Yeah, or like, at, like kind of motion to a friend, please save me. And then I told my friends in different, because, you know, it's very loud in different parts of the evening. I told them the story and everyone was just like, that is wild. So, um, yeah. So you're going for dictator daughter chic. Yeah, dictator daughter swag. So DDS, DDS. or DDC. Or BDDS or BDDE which is big dictator daughter energy. <laughs> oh, that's so good. That's me. That's a Tinder profile. Oh, that's so good. Don't ever say to nothing for you, audience. <laughs> so meanwhile, big, big dictator I tell, daughter energy. I tell two close friends of mine, Nubia and Nardos, this story, and they're both like, you know, I can see that. <laughs> I'm like, what? What? Who? Never mind. And then I tell another friend, and then he puts in all caps. That is a wonderful, wonderful was in all caps compliment. Like, I did not, okay, to be fair, I did not expect you to say that. And he goes, you know, I know a few dictators' daughters, and they're all fine. (laughs) I was like. Noted. All right. I will take that. Yeah. I tell my dad. Bless. (laughs) And he says, did you defend me? I'm so nice. (laughs) about him yeah he's presumably the dictator not against my honor (laughs) not in my house could have been your mom i know i thought about that too my mother (laughs) hashtag gender equality oh my goodness cracks up first of all my aunt is visiting my mom's sister so it's the three of them on facetime they are falling on the floor laughing they are just amused to no end i have never heard this line Uh, have you ever seen this dude again no, I've never even seen him. And you know, usually a Jay's... You kind of recognize you faces. You recognize faces. I've never seen that man in my life. You know what that was? God. <laughs> it was something. Um, and then I told another friend, and she... And this is maybe one... This might be one of my first... Or my favorites. Um, she says... Well, first she says, ma'am. <laughs> was her first response. 
Apostrophe after the first MA. Was was he drunk? And I'm like, well, I'm fairly certain he had had something to, he'd enjoyed himself that evening. He wasn't like falling Mm -hmm. over himself. Uh, But she says, well, dictator's daughter. Okay, so effectively, you appear rich. Yes. Well protected. Yes. And a little dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Please no. let that be your Tinder profile. I know. And I was like, you know what, sis? If that's, that is a Tinder bio if I've ever heard one. Wow. So yeah, rich, well-protected. Because you know, it rejection be- is God's protection and the Lord has been a shield over me. Ex-dictator's daughter. Woo. Comma. Do with that what you Ex- will. Semicolon. <laughs> so yeah. That's amazing. There you go. I don't know you what. Put that in your CV. Although your dad would not be very happy. <laughs> and then my mother, did you tell him about your dad's book? <laughs> <laughs> like, guys, parents are the best. Not the point of this exercise. It's <laughs> like, so you should tell him your father wrote a book. It's like. Not about being a dictator. I, I wasn't trying to keep this going. But yeah, that was. a. That's amazing. That's a great story. Thank you. BDDE is my fave, though. Yeah. yeah. I'm really proud of that, actually. I'm, that's very good. Thank you. I'm going to use it. All right. <laughs> Big dictator daughter energy. Huh. I know that was just off the cuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's been a while since I feel like I've had a good in the wild story <laughs> for you <laughs> wild. and the audience, yes. but it was hey, worth the wait. Here you come. Here it, is, here it is today, y'all. Bless whoever that was. That day has come. It's funny that you've told this story and there's somebody in my head that I was like, I think I know who that is. <laughs> Which is even more wild, but... For which, for which reaction? No, the person who said the dictator daughter comment. Oh, oh, it, you might. You might know this person. I've never seen them, however. Was it a white man? No. Oh, well then... It was a black me. African. Excellent. I assume Kenyan, but I don't know. And so another, maybe he knows some dictators. And then another friend was... Another friend told me, is he from Niger? I'm like, are you kidding? That whole part about fake humility would have never happened no. if he was from Nigeria. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's right. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Definitely an EAC. No, this is an East African yeah. community player. <laughs> so help us, God. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, so. So um, I think we can move right into the topic for today's episode, which I'm going to actually do through a story. Ooh. <clears throat> okay. You're going to have no idea where this is going, even though you know what the topic is. Okay. Are we saying the topic? I'm going to say the topic at the end of ah, okay. my story. Got it. So, and this is going to be one of my catch-ups, but I have, as of yesterday, okay. I have officially made it. Okay. I have reached the pinnacle of one of my life goals. Well, pretty much the life goal in my life. The? Oh, okay. Wow. So, the person that I respect, admire, love... And I'm sure you've heard me talk a lot about this person. Okay. But who is really the seminal matriarch of our family. Okay. Is my 97, almost 98-year-old grandmother. Yes. Who still drives. No, she's now given up her license. Ah, okay. But is still whip smart, has all her original teeth. Yes, I remember. Which is like the that case is, for that is brushing a, your teeth and eating vegetables. That is a goal. Um, mental math. Very good at cards. Just telling you. Bridge. Yes. Yes. Good memory. Yep. Girl, I'm listening. I'm out here. So, Grandma Taylor, who I for sure was 14 until I realized she had a first name. Ha! I believe that. 
literally thought her name was Grandma Taylor. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, who's Marion? Anyways, um, (laughs) Grandma Taylor was talking to my mom last week and said, Mm. I just realized how smart Namusa was. What? Yes. Wait, hold on. Your your grand- my grandma told that to my mother. I just realized how smart. <laughs> okay. And then my mom said, "And she's kind too." And I was like, "Well, oh, I've made it. That's beautiful." Oh, I get where you're going now. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but like, that for me, honestly, that's probably like the nicest comment anybody's ever said to me. Especially coming from, like, those two people who I absolutely love and adore and really, really respect. My mother, my grandmother. But what I'm leading into that with Uh is (laughs) that what what happened there is called words of affirmation. Yes, sir. And words of affirmation are one of the topic of this episode, 34, love languages. And attachment attachment theory. We're doing like love languages plus. Yeah. This is a different approach to the dating conversation. This is not talking about M heartbreak or talking about Tinder. Um, This is the... Which you know we can do well. We can also do. Get you podcast hosts that can do all three. Yeah. Uh, This is more the theory and the language behind it. Not that we are certified professionals. We're giving you the the pedagogy. We have lived... And we are trying to help everybody, including ourselves. Oh, gosh. Because when you know better, you do better. Or you don't. Or you don't. <laughs> and then you do better eventually. <laughs> so to give some context, so I'll talk a little bit about love languages, and then Addie will talk about attachment theory. Um, many people have heard about love languages, but if you haven't... Yes. So love languages, and I'm paraphrasing, um, which is how I understand it, are how we understand love. So how we give and receive love. Mm-hmm. And generally, and you can do quizzes and tests online, literally Google, what's my love language? And it'll ask you a whole bunch of questions. And Google it'll, it. It'll sp- <laughs> Have you ever seen the G-O-O-G-L-E? Yeah, yeah. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going for. one of the best memes of all time. That's what I was going for. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm digressing. Google it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, we should not have ice cream cake before we record. No. Because we don't know how to control ourselves. We don't know how to act. Okay. So, as I was saying, so love language is how we understand love, how we give it and receive it. Yes. Um, and there's generally kind of, you can do quizzes online, but there's generally five categories of love languages. Right. And kind of best practice. <laughs> Stop gosh, this. Get out. <laughs> would dictate or would would theorize that you have two kind of prevailing ones out of the five. So the five are gifts, Mm. quality time, Mm -hmm. acts of service. Mm -hmm. So that would be adding you taking out the garbage for me because it's not something that I like to do. Or Or just doing it because I want to do it for you. Or like making a wonderful meal. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's in actions. Words of affirmation. So that's things like, Addie, you are, when I'm around you, I feel heard and seen. Um, and then the last one is touch. Can you read them again, the five? Yeah. So gifts. Gifts. Quality time. Quality time. Acts of service. Okay. Words of affirmation. Mm. And touch. Okay. And most people have, or so it's said, have kind of two prominent ones. Um, as I've listed them, I'm sure, like, what naturally happens is people are like oh i'm definitely quality time and touch 
But then you do the quiz and you're like, whoop, skirt, skirt, I'm actually gifts and words of affirmation. And it's really interesting if you do that with the people like romantic or otherwise around you because yeah. it's also one of the big kind of points about love languages is that our love languages, so mine are uh, gifts and acts of service, and okay. that's changed over time, and thoughtful gifts. So yes. not just thought, thought, thought. Yes. Mm. T-H-O-T. Full gifts. Gifts um, yes, full of thoughts. Yes. <laughs> Fullness. Um, so I generally, when I am showing other people that I care about love, that I'm going to lean to giving other people gifts or acts of service towards them. Okay. Because that's how I experience love. Okay. But it's important because to know how other people in your life experience love. Because, yes. Because uh, they might be quality time and you're like, why are you spending so much time with me? But you've never given me a gift. Or mm-hmm. you aren't like very touchy or quality, like acts of service is not a thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I feel like, really helps relationships platonic or romantic Mm -hmm. really just sort through like how people give and receive affection and love i think the platonic thing is really key here too yeah because i think i'm going through this phase now of friendships and like figuring out where i am with people and where especially after like what i mentioned (coughs) in the last episode of like not instigating social activity Mm -hmm. of like okay where do i stand with people slash like yeah how do you how, relate? How do I relate? And also, like, what is it that I need for to be to feel like mm-hmm. we're actually friends versus what you need to feel that yeah. we're actually friends? And I'm seeing that mismatch happen mm-hmm. with a few interactions. Mm-hmm. And that's been really interesting to me. And it's, I think, and the reason I mention that is because I think we often talk about love languages in romance, yeah. which is, of, of course, valid. Yeah. But I think it's also worth the time to do that check-in with you and your close friends. Like, yeah. just think about your time together and what actually you appreciate and what they appreciate. And that n- neither, like none of the five are better than the other. It's just right. what they are right. and how they interact with. Um, so oftentimes you'll find that it feels a lot easier to feel like to receive mm. love from people who have similar love languages as you. Yeah. There's less thinking involved. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about attachment theory before I go into what our love languages are? I can, sure. Um, so what's attachment theory? This so is atta- the plus of our... Yeah, attachment theory languages. is... A, well, I don't, it's not new, but I think the love languages conversation is what we've talked about more in the mainstream and in public discourse. Ooh, discourse. Hey. Ew. B-D-E. Ow. Big discourse energy. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm going to use that. But... <laughs> There's a whole glossary. That's like in a meeting this week for sure. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so attachment styles are, I'm just going to read this quote because um, it's easier. Adult, adult attachment designates three main quote attachment styles or manners in which people perceive and respond to intimacy in romantic relationships, parallel to, which parallel those found in children. So the three are, so there's three in this case. There's okay. secure, there's anxious, and there's avoidant. Okay. Basically, secure people feel comfortable with intimacy and are usually warm and loving. Anxious people crave intimacy and are often preoccupied with their relationships and tend to worry about their partner's ability to love them back. And avoidant people equate intimacy with the loss of independence and constantly try to minimize closeness. In addition, people with each of these attachment styles differ in, quote, one, 
their view of intimacy and togetherness, two, the way they deal with conflict, three, their attitude towards sex, four, their ability to communicate their wishes and their needs, and five, their expectations from their partner and the relationship. Just over 50% are secure, around 20% are anxious, 25% are avoidant, and the remaining three to 5% fall into the fourth less common category, so I lie, there's kind of four, not three, which is a combination of anxious and avoidant. I wonder what that looks like. So initially it was assumed that this is about your childhood. So what were your relationships like with your, your family, with your core family members? Mm-hmm. Um, and if your if your family, you know, if you were, if you never really felt on sure footing with your parents in yeah. terms of love, then you would be on the anxious side. Or okay. if it was a secure upbringing or relationship, it'd be secure yeah. and avoidant as if your parents were a bit, <clears throat> maybe they were too like overbearing. And so you pulled back. Like helicopter parenting? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but so yes, it is a part of it, but it's also about what happens in the now. So it's, and even though what I've read says that attachment, attachment styles rarely change. From childhood to adulthood. Yeah, they are, they are, however, influenced, um, by, you know, not necessarily just how your parents care for you, but also, you know, your relationships now and just general life experience, okay. you know, like if you've experienced a lot of loss yeah. then maybe you would be on the avoidance side. Yeah. So it's not just about your, your formative years. Okay. Um, but that is an interesting dynamic. And I think when combined with love languages yeah. gives you a big, a better picture of how you relate to other humans, um, even on a friend level, right? Cause you can yeah. be anxious in your friendships. Like, Oh my God, do they really like me? Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Maybe we're not as close as I thought we or were. Or avoidant, like I'm not going to let people get too close to exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. So definitely lessons for the platonic and the romantic. And yeah, that's those are those are the those are the attachment styles. And let me ask, with the attachment styles, can you do a quiz to find out what yours is, or is it more like self reflection? Yes, you can. Uh, so there is a quiz you can take online. Should we should we get into what I what my quiz was what I found? Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about both of them in depth. So um, go for it. So you def- yes, short answer yes. You can take a test online uh, to figure out what your attachment style is. But one thing I want to note though before I get into my own test results <laughs> is that often anxious people find avoidant people because doing the meme of the taps head yeah you smart black guy in a leather jacket taps <laughs> yeah. forehead you know repetitively looks like the guy from reading rainbow but anyway stop it's... this no he does not what's his name lever lebar burton yeah bless him he has a podcast about reading i know oh so cool um anyhow Take a look it's in it up books reading rainbow hit that note you know i was on vocal rest before today um but yes, anxious people all, and avoidant people are like moss to a flame. Can Be- you tell me why? Because effectively, they both find people that confirm their worst fears about... <laughs> what? No, just, just wait. Okay. It confirms their worst fears about relationships, and it basically becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you're anxious, you're worried that the other person doesn't like you as much. You don't have like confidence in like the structure of your relationship and like the yeah. how strong it is yeah, yeah. and the strength of it. And you're and you find a person who's avoidant who pulls back that you constantly have to chase. So that anxious you, people don't generally find anxious people, or avoidant people wouldn't find secure people. It's not to say that those things don't happen. Yeah. It's just that the anxious avoidant nexus is a thing. Is a real thing. Okay. Um, 
And the avoidant folks, on the other hand, they as well, they fear about losing their independence. They don't want to get too attached. They're like, oh, you know, this is great, but like put it in a box. <laughs> but, like, but then they find the person that's like, you know, don't get anywhere because I will find you. You know what I mean? If you, if you remember that character from Wedding Crashers. Um, and you know, why do they, why do the avoidant people find those people? Because it, because it confirms, yeah, it confirms their worst fears about, oh God, this person's really clingy. They need to know where I am all the time. They don't trust the fact that I'm like, that I care, et cetera, et cetera. Do you believe that 50% of people are actually secure um, in their style? I think they are 50% secure. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but okay. I also think they're all dating each other because Lord knows I haven't found one. <laughs> Um, and actually, the the the, the <laughs> articles talk about that. It's like if you're secure, you're usually like you're usually choosing between the anxious and the avoidant because they're the ones that are not dating people. <laughs> like, well, that makes so much sense now. Without having done the test, yeah. Where would you put me? Oh, I have a very clear idea of where I would be. I would say, I would say you're secure. Yeah. <laughs> Like, plus one. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding, yeah. ding. So I took the test, and I also, I really Did you have to... a guess before you took the test? I did. Okay, what was your guess before? wrong. What was the guess? Tell us what your guess was before I thought you took I was it. anxious. Interesting, okay. Yeah, I thought I was anxious. And then I took the test, and I was secure. Yeah, I could have told you that. And I was like, oh, but I feel anxious. <laughs> and that's because that I think... Just because you feel anxious doesn't mean that's the style of... Right, yeah. but I think it's what... I've also, in discussions with my friends about this, have realized is that what who you're with activates a whole thing. Oh, yeah. So I feel like yeah. the last few folks I have encountered slash have been drawn into my life by happenstance, the yeah. universe, Satan, I don't know. The internet. <laughs> Tinder. Um, have all been avoidant. And I think that has activated the anxious part of me that wouldn't otherwise you know, be triggered in any way because, you know, mm. in a normal day-to-day, -day, I'm, yeah. I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I was surprised because I, I got the test. I'm like, really? But but I feel anxious. <laughs> no. Like, but are you, you all like, can I refresh and submit, resubmit? Like, sure is that, that's mine. Are you? Okay. Um, so, yes, I think this is a relatively new, um, not finding, but it's a relatively new thing that folks are talking about. We talked about love languages for a very long time now, yeah. but the attachment theory stuff is really interesting. Yeah. And I think once you get a sense of how you attach to people, yeah. that's even more power that you have to understand the patterns and like the who dynamics, you've been yeah. with and the dynamics and, and also what, what the future holds. Yeah. And it's not to say that an anxious person and an avoidant person can't be together. Mm -hmm. They can. It's they just, just need that to be you, very aware. Exactly. Of, yeah. You just need to both know that that's exactly who you are and mm -hmm. you need to care about each other enough to not to, to be yourself you. yeah. in a certain regard and like do the thing that's a bit different and more difficult for you yeah. to give that person what it is that they need to mm -hmm. succeed. Interesting. Yeah. So what would you say most of your relationships have been? Have they been with secure people, anxious, avoidant, anxious, avoidant? I think in terms of style, mm. the majority I would say are secure. Okay. Yeah, you see? Yeah. Like, I, like, likes, like. I'm not saying, like, there haven't been moments or, like, that I haven't dated people who are avoidant, but I also find just, like, the sustainability around avoidant really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, Listen. Because I think it, and I will will know for sure after I do the test, but, like, my if my kind of North Star or benchmark is around security, I'm always going to try and revert back to that. Yeah. And so if... 
someone feels too far away from that. So like avoidant, um, I don't, and I also don't find that attractive. Whereas, mm. and I think that's might be an age thing too yes. for me. Ooh. Like, yeah. um, I'm not trying to chase you and I'm now believing you the first time. So, oh, that's a word. That's the proverb of the week. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's, and I'm like very clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will come to the table with like my full plate, but I expect you to also come to the table with your full plate. Um, and we, yeah, like we can get along swimmingly, but if you are in a different place mm. than I am, um, and that can be with things like, let's say you're in a space where you just want to be casual and I'm not in that space, mm-hmm. like that's not going to work. Right. Um, so I guess using that kind of same theory or like that same theory, the attachment piece or sorry, like the avoidant piece, I would, yeah. I'd eventually just be like, nah, like this is not fun. Yeah. And then the anxious piece, what what's that style called? Is it anxious? Yeah, anxious, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would make me feel, I think, too anxious. And that would be too much. Like, I would feel overwhelmed right. with that. Um, but yes, definitely I can, like, look back and see. I was like, ooh, there's some people who are, like, avoidant or anxious adjacent. More on the avoidant part and less on the anxious part. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say for the most part, the attachment style has been secure. I think, to, if I'm being very honest, I thought I was going to break the test when I first took it because... I really felt like I've, I mean, yes, I gave you anxious as the first response, but there's a part of me that also feels like I'm all three. <laughs> like, yeah, which I avoid human, people. Human like nature. I don't do, de- I mean, I put on sunglasses at a baby shower because it was too emotional. I was like, guys, I can't do this. this it like, was so funny though. And I wasn't even trying to be. I know, it, it was, was so just, funny though. It was just, guys. Your big old Prada sunglasses on in these, the middle of like. All the, I wasn't trying to lead with that, but it is what it is. I did it. Luxuries of the year, my friend. Uh, so. <laughs> Anyhow, so I was just, it was, there's a part of me that I think is all three. And so I think that's kind of where I get confused because I think it depends on, I think I've been the avoidant one at times. I think I've been the anxious one at times. And I think I've been the secure one at times. Um, And it's it's okay for that to change, right? And people are going to bring out that dynamic in us differently. Right, exactly. Um, But I just think it's really interesting because I, I become avoidant for sure. The second it's over, like this <laughs> noted. Yeah, like the second you but, say, but I. Yeah, the second you say, I just want to be friends. Part, part, pardon. Uh, n- no. If you don't like Fantasia said, you don't want me. Don't talk to me. Bye. A whole word. And so this is so interesting because I'm I'm rethinking this. I'm not rethinking, but I'm pondering this. And like the last person that I had this in, an interaction with, where. We went on a few dates and it was, I don't even want to get into the story because it's not exactly the point. But basically the second he said what he said, I checked out. I was like, okay. <laughs> like that second, not even. Yeah, like, yeah, bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he was confused. Like, but you're so silent and like, I don't get it. Like, I was like, it's okay. Just like, let the, it's okay. We don't have to talk. It's, it's cool. <laughs> like, let's just, but this is what happens when you tell a girl you want to be friends in the middle of Kurura Forest by the caves <laughs> when you're already like two kilometers in and you need two kilometers extra to get out. Friend of a friend story. It's like, why would you wait until this moment? Sir. Sir. That's just stupid. Yes. And so I was like, you know, I don't really need to talk to you for the rest of this walk. I am happy You'd to be in silence for two kilometers. Yeah. Two whole I, you kilometers. You know, and he was just so and then I was talking to someone about this, and they're like, you know, but when you shut down, like, there's nothing for them to yeah, latch on to. Yeah, but maybe they should have made that decision at the parking lot. And this is why me and my therapist are about to be in a fight, because I'm like, listen, 
you you told listen you said you want to be friends thing. you didn't you didn't get you didn't ask my permission about whether or not i wanted to be friends yeah. like i don't need you friends. made some assumptions so many assumptions yeah which if i told you the full story a kilometer two there were a lot of assumptions made in this scenario but it's fine because again as they the say the lord is working on all of us god's rejection is god's protection and god again is a shield over me so uh, a force field yes all of it all the things so and then she says yeah but if you shut down how does someone doesn't know how to engage with that or you can't like there's nothing you have to also understand where they're coming from like i get where they're coming from i'm sure it was difficult but i'm not gonna cry for you either this is where i become avoided I'm like i don't she's like yeah but if you're not getting messy like you know if you're not getting in the vulnerability and like talking through but does that person does does everyone deserve now i'm like whoa am i avoided in certain situations does your does everyone deserve your vulnerability no boundaries exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i definitely like nah i don't need you to especially not in that case exactly which is i know there's different moments yes whereas i think it it is important to be vulnerable yes and i felt like well the second you assumed what i wanted and told me you couldn't give it to me i feel like that's now finished so i can't trust someone with vulnerability if you're going to be emotionally nor do you deserve it because you haven't build trust right like trust is gone if you're going to be emotionally and intellectually dishonest i'm sorry but i'm not really i'm not going to give you vulnerability then because yes i could tell you i read that Brene brown book i know how this works (laughs) yeah like you know i sure i could tell you all kinds of things about yourself yeah and i could tell you about all the things that i'm feeling right now about what you've just triggered by what you've just done but why would i do that what's the point you've already made a choice for the both of us Mm -hmm. so now let's just walk in silence and enjoy that i don't hate that. Vulnerability is also something that I'm working on because apparently I'm a dictator's daughter and I give off this energy. Actually, can I tell you about another story? BDD. This is also related. This was the night before. I don't know what, I guess I was giving off big <laughs> dictator daughter energy because the night before that thing, ha- that story happened, yeah. I went actually- so a Wednesday. Oh my God, yes, a Wednesday. And it was at Jay's because it was a work event, but I wanted to go have food first. And my new favorite pastime is going to a restaurant on my own and bringing a book and reading while I have dinner. Nice. It's just something that I really like doing. Good. And so I went to do that before this event, before mm-hmm. I joined them. I was like, you know what, let me just have dinner in my, on my own. Some alone time. Alone time, because it was like three, like multiple days of conferences mm-hmm. happening. I was like, I just need some time. I've been like hustling and networking. I just want a moment to myself. So I, I go to, so I, I take a, a corner table, I hide, you know, and I'm, I'm opening my book and this girl comes up to me. She's like, hi, you're very beautiful. And that's how they always starts. And I would always start. Was it a man or a woman? It was a woman. Okay, nice. I was like, oh, thank you. She's like, you know, I'm not hitting on you. I'm like, no, it's okay. Like if you were. It's like, we all, we're all, it's pride month. You're free <laughs> to do what you want to do. <laughs> so pride decade. Really? Go for it, fam. So, and then she was like, you know, actually, I was going to tell you that a guy told me to tell you this, but no, I'm not going to mess with you like that. Like, it's just coming from me. I'm like, okay. What? Why do people do I, this? Listen, I don't, because clearly for all the BDDE that I'm giving off, it's clearly there's still enough where I'm- This I, stuff doesn't happen to me. But I do have other random- Yes, you- Fun there's other, other things. Other stories that, happen to you. You attract other things. Yes. Me, people just come up to me and tell me all kinds of- Like, people actually like- tell me their deep dark secrets yeah. on like upon meeting and, and like, then run away and then start crying and Aww. then i'm like giving them advice and then they're like okay bye like that's what happens like people like anyway yeah. it's like the eyes they're big they're expressive i don't know but anyhow back to this young lady and she's telling me about all the things that she does and i don't want to say those things because then people might know who she is but 
I will tell you privately because yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a random, it's a funny combination. And anyhow, so she says, you know, I have to tell you something. Sorry, is she also sitting at the restaurant? She was standing at the bar okay. doing something okay. and then saw me reading and, and, and came tells, up okay, to me. And then she invited herself to sit. But by, And she's like, oh, can I sit? You know when people say, can I sit? And they're already sitting. <laughs> they're already seated. And you're <laughs> like... I was like, oh, that was for my book, but okay. Yeah. Guess I can't say that out loud. All right. Well, we're <laughs> sitting. Being open. And here we are. Okay. So, Quick hi. <laughs> hi, you. <laughs> so, we're talking. <laughs> and <laughs> By force or by fire. By yeah. both. Yeah. yeah. And so, then she says, you know, can I tell you something? And in my mind, I'm like, well, <laughs> you're going to tell me anyway, so just hit me. <laughs> she says, you're very cutthroat. Have you met this person before? No. Whoa. I know. I'm just trying to read my book in peace because this is my favorite pastime of going to a restaurant and reading and just like enjoying my alone time and the fact that I can treat myself to a dinner and bring a book and enjoy that. Is this person anxious? Is this where you're going with <laughs> No, 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 no. So this person, so then I say, I don't even know what I said, probably something that rhymes with, oh, <laughs> and she says, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, uh. <laughs> what makes you say that? Like, I'm thinking, like, do I even want to ask this question? Do I want to get in the weeds? Fine, we're here. Let's just get, let's just get dirty then. Yeah, we're here. we're here. And she says, you know, I just get this sense that if a man wanted to hit on you, they'd be super, super nervous. And in my mind, where mi- is this going? And then I say, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I can't speak for other people, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she says, you know, if a guy was to, and there was like a, a vase of flowers on the table, right? So she's like, you know, if a guy was to come up to you and to hit on you in this moment, they would eat, they would drink the flowers and they would eat the water. And I didn't say that incorrectly. That's what she said. She said they would drink the flowers. And you're just on chapter 13. Trying right. To get and they, were, they, they would eat the water and they'd be so nervous to talk to you. I'm like, you know, I get that I'm intimidating a lot. She's like, no, 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 it's not intimidation. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, and we're here. And we're here. This is a full-on <laughs> session that it's for free because I'm not paying for it. <laughs> and so then she says, and I say, well, you know, I often get this because I wear glasses. And so I think that. Ergo smart. You know, smart. Refined. BDDE. Rich, well-protected. <clears throat> I, I love the well-protected piece. A little dangerous. Um, Splash of danger. Yeah. And so then she says, no, 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 it's not the glasses. It's your energy. <laughs> Had this person been drinking? I, I don't actually think so. Okay. Y'all didn't see the face I just made, <laughs> but my mouth was agape. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this. Uh, but yeah, so I got cutthroat on Wednesday. I got dictator's daughter on Thursday. And by Saturday, I'm just like, what on earth? Like, How did the Wednesday interaction end? You know, I, she's an event, she does some yeah. event stuff, so exchange numbers, sure, let me know about your events. I feel like okay. newbie would be like, no, you don't need that, that's your already, you're too nice. <laughs> you see, I'm, but you, but you got my number though. Hashtag vulnerability. See? Anyway, um, there was a point to all of that, but basically, so yeah, I think my cutthroatness comes in when it's over. I'm not friends with very many of my exes. Me either. Um, but there's only been, I think, one or two where things ended well. And also, to be fair, I don't have very many exes. Let me just start there, actually. But the out, out of the ones that I do have, 
there's only, I think, a f two that I talked, maybe mm, one, maybe one, one that I- that 0.5. I, and one that actually I don't talk to him actively, but we're still Facebook friends. If it's his birthday, I'll send him a yeah, happy yeah. birthday. Like he'll, you know, he's a, went to med school, said congratulations when he graduated, that kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. we're not close, yeah, yeah. but you know, we root for each other from afar. It's nothing, you know, water, it's like nothing, but it was one of those things where it was a short-term thing, where it was like a summer situation yeah, yeah. and it was beautiful. And then it ended when summer ended and it was great. And then the other ones where, you know, there's a little bit more fire to how things concluded. And fire and brimstone and force. Um, then, you know, things are not as, um, but the whole thing did give me some pause about like, okay, like when I do, when I do go silent, like what I can see from the other side, how like, yes, there is no room for you anymore. Like there's not, you can't engage with a brick wall. And I totally get that. But I think I put it up for a reason because it's like, well, we had that time and then you said no, so bye. I don't have the answers, Sway, but. I feel like I do have the answers. Oh, okay. And I think boundaries are important. You're team boundary though. I'm totes team boundary. Yeah, yeah. But team boundary in the way of like, when people, we teach people how to treat us in the way of how to yes. come up against our boundaries. See, I'm about to tell my therapist that next week <clears throat> when I talk to her again. It's like, and by the way. Namusa said. <laughs> Namusa said. Direct quote. <laughs> um, wait, are the people who don't believe in boundaries? I don't know if the people don't believe in them as like a construct. Okay. I think it's just people don't practice them very well or they don't know how to. Yeah. Or they don't feel comfortable doing it because they haven't found their power or their voice to like say... No, done. Yeah. Or you can get away with X, Y, Z, but you just did A, so we're not. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, when you were talking, I was thinking also like reflecting in my own life and like I'm, <clears throat> I can be very, I would like to think of myself generally, whether it's platonic or romantic as mm. like pretty understanding. Sure. Um, and I can attest to that. But I also think there's certain things that can't happen like and no go zones yeah. yeah and like i'm very clear on what those uh red lines are yeah and i'm also very clear to other people in my life on what those no go zones are right ahead of time mm -hmm. so like nobody should be surprised if mm -hmm. this is happening um and once those lines are passed there's no coming back from those mm -hmm. um and so if i know there's no coming back from those like if i if i feel fundamentally disrespected mm -hmm. there's no trust there anymore so what are we doing here yeah. And, and I'm not even doing, I'm not saying that in a way to like be like petty or like yeah, silly, yeah. I, but like, what are we doing here yeah. if there's no trust anymore? Of course. Yeah. No, I hear you. I think of late, I've been thinking a lot about vulnerable. I mean, yes, because Brene Brown has that special on Netflix. And so I watched it's it. Funny. Um, and I think she, her voice is very calming. It's like mm. this, the Texan, like yeah, mom yeah, 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 voice. Yeah. yeah. She has a Texan mom haircut too. Yeah, yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> It's the 2019 version. If she was version. not Brene Brown, I'd be like, can I speak to your manager, Brene? <laughs> it's definitely the 2019 version of the Kate Gosling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the swoop, whoop, 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 whoop. Business in the back, party in the front. Amen. The reverse mullet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been thinking about like vulnerability and shame. And I think I'm definitely much more vulnerable when, than I used to be. For sure. Um, and I think last year was a big part of that. But I think honestly, Nairobi is a part of that. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily... Well, 
It is Nairobi, but it's also not because I think it's being 26 to 31, about yeah. to be 32 anywhere. Yeah. But it just happened here. So mm-hmm. that's why I keep saying Nairobi. But it is kind of independent of that. But yes, there's things here that have happened. Um, and, the, and so I kind of bundled it all together. But and I've been thinking a lot about it recently. And 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 I guess one of the interesting things I, I think through, and I'd actually like to get your thoughts on this, is like, what does vulnerability mean to Funny you? Funny you should ask. <laughs> She's ready. <laughs> Hands akimbo. Tell me more. Um, cause for me, vulnerability means being open and honest. Like that's, I think the core of it, but maybe that's not it. And I know Brene Brown also says like, not everybody deserves your vulnerability I just cause you're that. oversharing does not mean you're vulnerable. Yep. Um, and I've been wondering about that a lot too. Cause I, I don't necessarily overshare, but I, if you do ask me how I'm doing, I will tell you. So I don't know if that's oversharing, no, but it's like, not, you're not an overshare. You're like, no, I've met you and it's not. No, if anything, you're an undershare. Really? Yes. You would think that. 100%. Why? I can give you examples. Oh, okay. Where where are the examples? I I think this is actually a a function of one of the great things that more people need to be doing. Um, So let's say, let's say I'm like, Addie, let's hang out next Thursday. Okay. And you have something on. Yeah. What you will say is, sorry, I can't. Can we do another day? Okay. An oversharer would be, sorry, I can't. My dad's brother's dog just died. (laughs) Like, like, in one question, you will have very different answers. Okay. Whereas, like, for you, it's, it's, yeah, the, you get to the crux of the matter. The, the matter is that you are not able to hang out next Thursday. Okay. So let's make a plan as to a different Thursday. Right. But you, or a different day. But yeah. you don't lead, which I think is a really good boundary. You don't lead with why you can't do Thursday. Okay. That's a tactic I think I learned from work. Mm-hmm. Because I think there was some article about like, you don't have to say. You don't though. You don't have to explain. I'm unavailable. Yeah. And that's it. And I think maybe that's translated now. Which, granted, I don't know if I used to be a person that would say, like, oh, no, there's something going on, so I can't. Um, but, but often women are yeah, socialized yeah. to give excuses or, right. like, responses for why we can't do something. Interesting. Okay. And, like, the guilt and yeah. shame connected to that as opposed to just being, like, I can't. Yeah. Or no. Right? Like, no is a full sentence. Yes, it is. Full and stop, f- period. Full response. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I would not claim you or put you in the oversharing category. <laughs> but what your question was on... Vulnerability. vulnerability. Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what does that mean? Because I feel like open and honest is like a very basic term. Like, I need to actually think about what it actually means. Because I don't even know if Brene Brown gave a definition. She just talks a lot. It's like she talks... Around it? She's like, that's her thing. But I don't know if I actually... What is vulnerability? Because to me, it's being open and honest with your whatever your truth is. Like, it could be a good truth, a sad truth, an in-between truth. But like, whatever that is... That's you and that's what you, and I don't think you necessarily are leading with it or following with it. It's just, it's like for me, the, the easiest context is like the, how are you? Like, how are you, Addie? Well, 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 next next question. question. (laughs) See ya. ya. (laughs) Best meme ever. So good. Um, God, I wish I I need to find that link so I can share that with you guys. If you haven't seen it already, but I, um, I have it. I have it saved. I'll send it to you. Is it a link though that I can share? I think so. Okay, good. I'll find it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I will be honest. Be like, you know, I've had a really, really rough, like, X amount of time. Do you do that with everybody or only specific people? No, I do that with everybody. I'm like, well, you asked, so. Including people that you've just met? Ooh, I don't know about just. 
Well, yeah. I, th- I mean, maybe I won't get into the details yeah. of what it means. Like, there's other friends that are like, well, this is what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But... But there's also, obviously, like, we both have a podcast, right? So mm-hmm. we're, like, talking out into the world and, like, somebody in Reunion or in Oman or in Russia Bless. or in, like... All y'all. And we've, we've gotten into it on episodes, you know? We've, yeah. We've, you know... Been vulnerable. We've definitely... I would think so. So what is it... It would be interesting just to know what, what it means to you. Mm, I think... I think vulnerability or, like, the way that I understand vulnerability for myself is that... Vulnerability came into my life when, as it relates to shame. So I feel that mm. there was things that I used to have a lot of shame around. Okay. And I think that's also now I can see connected to how we socialize young women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there's whole industries built off the back of shame. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. Ooh. And for sure. So, like, all the not enoughs, right? Like, not pretty enough, not thin enough, not smart enough, not tall enough, not short enough, like all of it, right? Um, and I think that that fundamental root is, yeah, it's rooted in shame. And so that's kind of when I first came around to vulnerability. So being able to tell mm. <clears throat> secrets or things that I felt shameful about yeah. um, as a response to being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I have never been someone who shares things with people that I don't trust. Um, mm. So that's always been something. Mm-hmm. And like levels of vulnerability are experienced. And I would say, and it's interesting, I was having this conversation recently with a very, very close friend who's known me for a long time. And she was saying, she's like, Namusa, you're actually really private, which is interesting because mm. like my life is out in the world and I'm pretty open to talking to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I can see why she says that. Interesting. And it, it's also the way in which I process. Like, I process internally first and alone, and then sure. I process with other people. Um, but, sorry, so what I was saying was in regards to shame and vulnerability, whereas now I feel a lot less... There's certain things, like, I feel, like, a little bit... Anxious is not the right word. It's more, like, nervous about. Mm. Um, but I don't feel shame in the same way... Because I think I've just, I've worked through a lot of it. Yeah. So vulnerability now, like th- this kind of like growth and vulnerability is like, what does that mean to me if it's not connected to shame? Okay. Um, so I think for me now, vulnerability is the ability to like connect with other people in a way that is like honest and sincere and loving and kind. And that can be like vulnerability with complete strangers, like in moments where people, where you're really vulnerable by like circumstance or happenstance Mm -hmm. um, or kind of like long-term relationships that you have with people whereby you like, you develop that sense of connection. Um, But for me, you cannot have, and like this is where I really echo Brene Brene Brown, you cannot have vulnerability nor should you be vulnerable if there's no trust there. Because it's not safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it can be weaponized yeah. easily, super easily. Yeah, it's given me. I've I've been thinking a lot about it um, in terms of like, do I trust easily? Because and also I'm an extrovert, so like, mm-hmm. there's I, there's a, I mean, I definitely need my moments to just like, okay, bye guys, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, time out. But for the most part, I think yeah. I definitely draw energy yeah, from, from being with other yeah. people. Yeah, and it's funny. I think I was so clearly clued into that just a few weeks ago. 
Um, so the last two weeks have been really, really hard and I'm finally on the other side and I feel like myself again, which is fantastic. But in the middle of that powerful wave of sadness, I saw a friend who I I haven't seen in a really long time. And he said, well, actually, no, let me take a step back. I walked into this conference. I was in the lobby of the hotel about to make my way up to registration. And I saw two people that are on the border of like acquaintance and friends. People I see socially in Nairobi. I like them. We vibe, but we don't spend, we don't actively like spend too much time together. So I gave them both really, really big hugs and it was like really great to see mm-hmm. them. And then I see another friend who's an actual friend, like someone that yeah, I yeah. have actively like, yeah, like built a relationship, built a relationship with. with. He's like, wow, you look really happy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's funny because I was definitely on the phone last night with a friend for an hour and a half crying my eyes out. Mm-hmm. So he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it was, and it was interesting. I was like, wow, I honestly think like the two hugs that I just had with those like acquaintance friend people. Yeah was like enough enough to kind of give me that jolt and it was like a bit of humor et cetera, yeah. et cetera and then like boom and i think i was definitely clued into in that moment oh wow yeah no you do get your energy from people like mm-hmm. you don't sometimes you don't think you do but case in point yeah voila um yeah Oof, life is wild can i circle back to love languages for a second sure because i'm really curious as to, do you know what yours are i do okay why don't you start with yours and then I'll tell you what mine are. Sure. Do you want to guess what mine are? Let me just bring up my list. Hold. I think your do. love languages are. Acts of service. Do, 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 do. Is that your... No, I oh. get two. Oh, okay. Sorry. Don't come at me. Is that your final answer? Okay. Is that your final answer? Acts of service, touch, and memes. Oh, three. <laughs> and memes. You are half correct, but also full correct in a way. Okay, tell me. So I used to be quality time and touch. Okay. But Nairobi has broken me down so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. And laugh crying. Yeah. <laughs> that I am now acts of service yeah. and words of affirmation. Okay. So, like, right to the root. Yeah. It's like... Don't touch me, but please be really nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't... Just do my groceries. Yeah. Drop them off. When you drop them off, tell me I'm amazing. And how great I look today. And how... Yeah. And then you can be on your way. Yeah. That's that's now where I am. Okay. <laughs> because acts of, I, acts of service. Because I am so tired. Um, yeah. And also, as we get older... Often our love languages change too. But if I'm being honest, I want it all, right? I want the quality Who time. Who doesn't want it all? I want the touch. Does anyone like, no, hold the no, touch, it- please? <laughs> like, really? Oh, or side less. of quality time. Like, actually, that's not true. There are people who don't like touch. That's true. Sorry, we yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. sorry, we're being inclusive. Yeah, that's the thing. Or quality time. And some people don't like quality time. It's like, we don't need to talk. There definitely was a point in my life where I was like, mm-hmm. I really don't need to spend that much time with you to feel validated. But just, or not validated, but validated. Some people really don't care for gifts. Can't relate, but it's a thing. <laughs> don't know who they are. Yeah, hmm, weird. Um, yeah, so I want it all. Plus the tans and I. Yeah, I was and, gonna say. You know, all the things. Memes are definitely in your love language, though. Oh, for like, sure. We, I know there's five there, but like. Yeah, comedy, laughter is huge, and I think I got that from my parents. Yeah. My parents make each other laugh so much, and we make each other laugh so much, and we're a bit of a clique. Like we also had that dynamic in our family. Yeah. So. Which is why the last two people that I've dated have been super funny yeah yeah laughter is honestly like i think that might actually be the key um 
So homegirl, if you're listening, Miss I'm Cutthroat, all you got to do is make me laugh. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Laughter is huge. Do you know what huge. mine are? I know what one of yours is. Okay. Well, what would you, what would you guess without knowing? Oh. Gifts, quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, touch. Gifts, acts of service. Yeah. But that has changed from gifts um, and words of affirmation. Okay. And wh- what was the... So I know because it was Nairobi broke me down. Why was it that you have changed from words of affirmation, do you think? I think I give myself more words of affirmation now. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And it's interesting because for me, I feel like I have exceeded my own ability to be my own cheerleader. Like I am, like I have heard, I've done, I've said it so many times. Like you're amazing. You're a bad, mm. (laughs) yeah, go girl. Mm -hmm." And I was like, you know what? I just need someone else to say it. Cause the sound of my own voice is getting boring. Like I just, just can you thank, thank, and then drop off the groceries right there. Like, thank you. (laughs) No quality time. Bye. And the gifts really are groceries. So I mean, it's yes. You got to eat. Do both. Um, I also really appreciate Woolies. Yes. As a love language. If you want to give me a gift card, we Wool. can have that conversation. Which is what I got for my birthday. No way. And that made it even more touching. Oh. Yeah. I had really beautiful birthday gifts, like really, really thoughtful birthday gifts. And one of which was a Woolies gift card. So That's, that is Woolies beautiful. is like well worth, well, food and clothing, but I went to the food and I just, I can spend like, so it's a grocery, like the best grocery store in South Africa. World. Uh, yeah, I also the world. Agree. And I can just, I can spend hours. And I, it, for me, it feels like Christmas morning. Like, there's such joy oh my in God. my heart. I'm, I'm with just you. Just walking around Woolies. I'm with you. Um, and maybe that's gratitude in my life. But tell our South African folks and South African adjacent listeners, please be grateful every time you walk into a Woolies. No, but actually, though, think about there. Are, think about the salads you can get. There are foreigners in Kenya shopping at Chandarana. I would be one of them. Get an extra Woolies. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, I brought back spices. Uh, no, Chandarana's just fine. Shout out to the folks who run Chandarana. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, what I was going to say is, what I am doing with love languages now, and yeah. I'm doing it in a way without using the word love languages, but early on in, like, oh. romantic endeavors, I'm asking people. Endeavors. Bless you. Um, how they like to, and I use the word, like, appreciated. Mm. So, out of these five, how you do you... Give, but you give them a choice. Yeah, I don't tell them to take the test. No, no, I'm saying like you don't just, you don't, it's not an open-ended question. You don't say, how do you like to be appreciated and you wait for the feedback. You say, no, no, no. How do you like, and, I, and, and I use those five. The, okay, okay, okay. Like, how would, what would you rank in the top two? Mm. Because it's really helpful to then go back and be like, oh, so-and-so really values quality time or so-and-so really values gifts or so-and-so because it, it helps me, my understanding of how they're trying to interact with me and how I'm trying to interact with them. Yeah. And if it's going to work. I'm trying to think about how I love now. Because I think I... Mm-hmm. I think memes, for sure. For sure. That needs to be like number six, like an official category. Mm-hmm. Laughter is... Because that's how we love at home. So mm-hmm. I think that also is a big one. Um, but in terms of how... Uh, it's not gifts... But I do, 
I have a thing about gifts where it's like if I think of something, uh, sorry, if I think of someone when I see something, mm -hmm. I buy it on the spot. Mm -hmm. And I give I'm that, the same way. I get, so it's not like I don't think about no, buying gifts for like, people. It's not like, oh, it's, the, it's Christmas. I have to get yeah, everything. It's more yeah. like, oh my God, I saw this and like you're the first person I thought of. Yeah. This, you need to have this. Yeah. Like, this is, like there's something about this that's been making me think of you. I think this would be something yeah. that you should have. Um, I have another example of that. Okay. So that... So I have a coffee table book okay. that's called Testament um, of My Love. Okay. And then hashtag 100. 100. So that is five years worth of inside jokes between me and my best friend. Oh. That I didn't know she was collecting and writing for five years. Oh my gosh. And then she got it bound huh. and gave it to me. That is a, wow. That's the kind of thoughtful gift that I'm talking about. Ooh. Fellas, if you're listening... <laughs> It's going to be real hard for you in these streets. <laughs> oh, that is beautiful, actually. Just the, the idea of like... Yeah. You've put some thought into it. Some effort. Yeah. I, I really like the long game effort. That is... I'm a big I, fan of long game effort. I respect that as well. But don't wait too long now. Because... I'm just saying. She's nodding. <laughs> and a yes. And a yes. Yes. Not nodding a no. Trap away. Um... Let me think about this. Acts of service, words of affirmation. Quality I don't think it's words of affirmation. The way that you love? Yeah, no. There's a meme that says like Bronx swim. You could, what is it? And pardon my French because I'm about to curse, but it's a Bronx thing. But basically, and I always send this to people saying this is the last Bronx part of me left because I moved to the DC area when I was eight. But there's one Bronx, Bronx part of me that still exists. And so it's actually Cardi shared it. And Cardi said, and the meme says, Bronx women don't, don't compliment men. They say, you look like you talk to mad bitches. <laughs> and I that, saw that. That is what I would say to a guy. It's like, oh, you look like you'd be real popular around here. Like, I'm sure Nairobi treats you well. And that's your way of saying you're amazing. By the way. <laughs> FYI. FYI. If I haven't told you lately that I love you. Yes. Um, We're getting married. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying. By the way, if a guy kisses you on the forehead on the first date, ah ah ah, we're in Chile. No, no, we're getting married. Just no. letting you know. No, like you no, can't. No. And then don't on date two say, "Oh, we're just gonna be friends." No, no. By the way, that was a, that's the Cliff Notes version of Did the situation. That happen? Yes. Oh, Addie, that's that makes me feel so fiery, as it should. Mm -hmm. That's like lower back hold on the first date. <laughs> No, no. Oh, yeah. Crimes against humanity. Um, wow. Yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, right. My love. It's definitely not words of affirmation <laughs> because there's a Bronx element to me where I'm just like, mm, this is maybe where the cutthroatness comes in. Huh? Okay. Uh, I would say it's quality time. Uh... Touch it all or no? I think it. I think it's three. It's maybe quality time, such as maybe what I used to be is how I love other people now. Mm -hmm. um, and then acts of service, I think. Those are the three that I would... It's, it's, not, it's not gifts and it wouldn't be words of affirmation because, again, still got some Bronx in me. <laughs> you look like you talked to Matt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Totally gender neutral. Like you could say that to anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, could talk, you look like you're talking to your dog. Mad. You're like, yeah. yep. <laughs> I'm going to hype you up, Sparky. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I don't mind the way that I would love, but maybe it's like more important or the way that I would show love. But I think it's probably more important to ask other people that because it's hard to be self-reflexive in that way. Mm. But gifts, like I get so jazzed about giving people. That's true. You do. Gifts. Mm -hmm. Thoughtful gifts. Um, Acts of service with my family. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um... And touch when we're beyond the stage of getting to know each other. Okay. Like when I really love people, like, yeah. I, <laughs> it's so funny. I do this like arm rub thing to people. We've both been told that we give good hugs. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you come to play? Yeah, yeah. No, there's a back rub. I'm not going to massage yeah. you because we're not there yet. No, but no, like no. there's a. Well, like if you're bringing it in, yeah, you're bringing it in. Yeah, we're, we're in here now. Yeah. Yeah. So now all of it, sorry, this is like a hard left, like after this conversation, but like now I'm thinking about like, now that you have this information, what do you do? Because now I think about like how I get duped and I feel like I get duped. <laughs> well, maybe that's where we start. Yeah. <laughs> the language. Yeah. I feel like I get duped when I get those love languages that I like mm. on like very, very early on. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like. So I get, it's like, oh, that's, oh, this is going, okay, this is, all right. And then day two will happen, like, no, nah, just kidding. Or whatever the case may be. I'm just alluding to what happened last time. But so I have some really good ideas and thoughts and suggestions about this. Yes, please. Listeners. So, yeah, these are some solutions um, or some ideas. So one of my favorite podcasters, whoop, whoop. Um, amongst many, but one of my favorite boundaries, relationships, just being a good person podcaster. Mm. Uh, her name is Natalie Liu. Is that Baggage Reclaim? Yes. Yes! I started listening to her recently. It's so good. Yeah. So Natalie Liu, shout out. Hi. I, yeah. She's Please just doing, come to Kenya. She's doing wonderful, wonderful things. Um, and I, yeah, she was on BBC the other day. And so oh, I sent nice. her a message and she sent me back. Oh, yeah! Like, it was a heart emoji. And I was just like, you're amazing. Oh, I really like her. She's stuff. Out, literally out here doing the Lord's work for a lot of us. Yo, it's free therapy. Just listen to it. So she has. Okay, maybe not free data and Wi-Fi, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But so she has a blog that has like thousands of entries. And then she also has a podcast mm -hmm. and she talks um, from the position of being a woman of color um, and having, yeah, she just has like wild stories, but stories that a lot of us can relate to. So like she mm -hmm. was the fallback girl for a long time, mm -hmm. or she was not very good with boundaries with family for mm -hmm. a long time. Um, and she talks about working through that and what she did practically to work through that. And now from a really like loving and endearing way explains kind of different levels of engaging with people. Her most recent episode um, is about zero to one dating. So she has zero different stages of intimacy. Yes, and different yes, stages yes, of dating. yes, yes. Uh, and she talks about now kind of like with the advent of how people are meeting each other and um, having like a recruiter mindset of when... Like, you can't plan out the rest of your life with somebody when you haven't met them yet or you haven't gone on a first date with them. Hold my beer, Namusa. <laughs> Shocker. You can't plan the rest of your life with somebody you have gone on three dates with them. Like, you don't know somebody, no. right? It's all a crapshoot. Yeah. And I it's think all it's all a crapshoot. I'm learning that. 
But what you do have, and I think I'm getting better at, or I recognize I'm getting better at, is asking the questions that are like fundamental to you. So things like um, just understanding on like where somebody is in their dating journey. So that doesn't necessarily mean it's vis-a-vis you, right? Oh, and, it, and you should not take whatever they say about you actually. Yeah, but, yeah. but so like an, an, a sample of those questions or that question could be like, so um, on like in your dating journey, would you say that you are more on the spectrum? Would you say that you are more uh, into casual dating or you are dating towards wanting, like going on dates? Um, With the purpose to, of. Yeah, yeah, towards relationships or a relationship, monogamous or otherwise. Um, and just understanding where somebody lands in that, because I think it then becomes a lot clearer and a lot honest. And there's trust being built there around mm-hmm. where y'all are at. Or if kids are non-negotiable for you and somebody who really doesn't want kids or the other way around, uh, not having children is non-negotiable for you. Right. You want to be clear early on that like, By you could way, both be great people, but like, this is not going to, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be great together. Or if like a certain style of financial management is really important to you. And there's ways to do that, that like, you don't have to wait till day 12 to ask these questions. Um, and also Ooh, get your answers quick. Yeah. And also kind of a false sense of intimacy, both parties or however many people are involved have to build that. Right. It's not, it's not just given a willy nilly. Yeah. But that takes time. It does take time. And also the narrative in which we're told in like popular culture and with our, like our friends, it's always like the exception, right? It's like. That girl went on one date and now they're married and have 8.5 children and are living their best lives and yeah. all of the goodness. But the reality is like relationships take work. Romantic relationships and friendships take, take work. Take a lot of work. Um, and you deserve to ask those questions and have answers to those questions early on. Yeah. And if somebody's not in that place, like all you have to do is show up and be yourself. And that should be enough. Yeah. yeah. And like not... And I feel like I'm finally getting to a place where like I genuinely feel that. Mm. And... That's amazing because it takes a long time. Oh, it does take a long time. Yeah. And I think it also takes a lot of sometimes crappy experiences. Oof, yeah. But to just be like, I just have to show up to be myself. And like, if this person isn't in that same place or doesn't want the same things or isn't like attracted to how I'm showing up right now, mm. then like, that's okay. Yeah, it is. Because there will be somebody else mm-hmm. um, for them and for me. But like fundamentally believing that. And, and I think it's also sometimes it's, it's hard to stay in that place when you're like, for frig's sakes, like, <laughs> why do I keep attracting like the same avoidant energy or the same mm-hmm. anxious energy yeah. or the same like secure energy, but like, you're not trying to, mm. we're not trying to wife each other. you like, right. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're, you're also interviewing the other pe- person. Right? It is like a jo- yeah. They should be so honored. There's a few other conclusions I've come through recently that some listener needs to hear this. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they are. Maybe it's me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. Well, it could be, but I doubt it. But I think also society treats relationships as a reward and singleness as a punishment. Yep. And. Yep. Financials. And I think in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. And so. A, that, you know, you must have done something good to, like, either be in one or, like, you're not worthy if you're not in one. Which and is wild. Like, listeners, there are good people in mediocre relationships. In terrible relationships. And there are mediocre people in good ones. 
it is all a crapshoot. Like it really, and that's what I'm coming to terms with. This is not a meritocracy. There's no merit to this. If you want to do the work to be a better person. Two people have to do the work though to be better Do people. it for you. Yeah. Don't do the work because you've been told growing up. Smith told us. Yeah, like do the work because it's not because you were told growing up if you become, if you be the person that someone wants to be with, right? Like do the work. Did people, you need to, did people say um, that? Oh yeah. Yes. People said that. Ooh. People have said that. Like, oh, you know, if you have to. You have Even to, recently? Yes. That's I hear wild. it all the time. Like I'm not necessarily directed at me in terms of advice. Yeah, yeah. But just like, you know, what you watch or videos, et cetera. It's like you have to do the work so that, you know, someone else, you're ready to be someone else. And like, that's true. But you'll be really salty if you don't meet someone and you've if done all that That's the reason work. you're doing it. You have to do it because yeah. you want to do it and you want to walk through this world on yeah. this like revolving blue dot around the sun. You want to do that in an easier way. Yeah. Don't do it because you'll get something because then you don't get it and you'll be upset. And I think there was a little bit of me that was in that place not that long ago, which is why there was a bit of like basically a lot of illusions of childhood were just shattered in a, yeah. like a very close amount of time. But yeah, folks... And this is for guys too. Do the work because you want to do it. Don't do it because you think you're going to get something out of it. Because the second that whatever you're supposed to get takes too long or it's not on your timing and you're upset, you're or, just going to... Or be... input doesn't equate output. Effort does not equal outcome. Yeah. I've also learned that effort does not equal outcome. It is a crapshoot. It's actually a crapshoot. But I feel like effort does not equal outcome is like down to the hardest working people in this world fight me. Women on this continent. Mm. Yeah. Effort does not equal yeah. outcome. Effort does not equal outcome. Um, and what doesn't happen in a lifetime can happen in a day. So between those two things, go with God. Like, I know those are opposite end of the spectrum, but it's a little bit of luck and it's a little bit of making your own luck. And it's a little, it's just, it's all, oh, it's God. It's just. But it's also numbers and like. 50% of the people being secure, but all dating each other. Or not. <laughs> you don't believe that 50% number? I don't believe that 50% number. But I th- I'm inclined to agree with you, actually. But I don't I know, I don't like, know what, what does, it would be, though. Yeah, but what does, what does secure attachment actually mean and look like? Like, what my understanding of secure attachment might be very different than what the actual definition is. I hear you. Well, I mean, let me go back to... On page 8. Funny you should ask. Um... Okay, it says, if you have a secure attachment style, you know how to sidestep many of the obstacles that people with other attachment styles have difficulty dealing with. You naturally gravitate toward those with the capacity to make you happy. Unlike the anxious, you don't let an activated attachment system distract you. You aren't addicted to the highs and lows of being with someone who keeps you guessing all the time. This kind of sounds like what you were saying. Yeah, I don't Uh, like that at all. Unlike avoidance, you aren't diverted by false fantasies of the perfect person waiting for you or, quote, the one, quote, end quote, that got away. And you don't unconsciously employ deactivating strategies that cause you to get cold feet when someone starts to get close. I just feel read by all of these. I've definitely dated an avoidant. How did that go? I'm not dating that person anymore. (laughs) Maybe we should ask him. As a secure, the opposite is true. You believe that there are many potential partners open to intimacy and closeness who would be responsive to your needs. You know you deserve to be loved and valued at all times. You are programmed to expect that. If someone sends out vibes that are not in line with these expectations, if they're consistent, inconsistent or evasive, you automatically lose interest. That describes me. Yeah. But I also feel like... But I also think there's moments where I'm like, I'm not that mm. general secure attachment. I really feel so. like I'm all of them just any given day just to add to the complexity of life. Well. By the way, in addition to a forehead kiss, there were Eskimo kisses too. We don't use the word Eskimo. We don't? No, it's derogatory. Is it? Yeah, it should be Inuit. Oh, that's right. 
nice. Are there any red kisses though? Do people actually I don't say think that? So. No. That's not a thing. So no. what would you call that then? What what's the a- action? Like a nose rub. I would say nose rub. There were nose rubs. Yeah, but this he's coming to suck your soul. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody for and it's funny. I told this to somebody I told this to a male suitor recently. <laughs> okay. Who knows who he is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, and <laughs> sorry. Yeah, and, I, and we were making jokes about this actually. About nose rubs. No, no, no. About oh. gaslighting. Ah, yes. But talking about like, yeah, some don't ever let somebody kiss your forehead in the first date because they're coming to suck your soul. That is a meme. Oh, did I invent that? I don't think. Okay, I don't think you invented it. It's just in the. It's in the. We but millennials like have discussed. That's this. A, also a level of intimacy that makes me uncomfortable. But everybody's different because. There's certain assumptions that come with that that level of intimacy. Yeah. But I think similar to the way that extroverts are giving with their energy and their time and their people and introverts hold that back, I think some people are giving with touch without necessarily thinking that what the other person is reading into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like for them, it's just, this is how I show affection. And then the person who likes that a lot, then like, oh, wow, like... They're, and it like doesn't we're have to now be like, at date four kind of level of yeah, yeah exactly you know so it's Fair. it's tough like, I don't just, think it has to be malicious but I think there are it doesn't have no I don't think it has to be malicious yeah. at all no I think people are just express we're, we're complex and it's a crapshoot that's really that's that's, yeah. that's your dating advice it's a crapshoot it's a crapshoot and your friendship advice well it's also a crapshoot but I guess with friendship but you get luckier more often <laughs> maybe you get luckier <laughs> More memes. Oh dear. Yeah. Just be kind to each other. Is that the is that the that is that the proverb of the week? Yes. What? It's a crapshoot. Slash and be kind to each other. And be kind to each other. Yeah. You're doing the best with what you have. And also, if you ever start to get too overwhelmed, just work. Uh, If you ever really start to get down or overwhelmed, have you remind yourself if you've called somebody 21 times? Stop this. Including the embassy. That's episode four. If you're ever feeling bad. There's that too. Um, but no, just remember that we're all on a revolving blue dot that like goes around a hot ball of fire. <laughs> That's terrifying. No, but really though, think about no, it. I know. I was having this conversation with them. Think about it. That is wild. <laughs> like you're so worried about XYZ problem. Yeah. We are literally on a floating <laughs> blue sphere <laughs> that orbits around itself or like spins yeah, on yeah. its axis and then revolves around a flaming hot ball of fire yeah <laughs> so don't worry it's all gonna be fine <laughs> or it's not i mean there's also 2050 and like climate change ending us all so if, ladies if you want to be a hoe now's the time <laughs> ho summer so whoop, whoop. we're moving into the interview segment of our podcast beep, 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 beep. that was actually a really good one thanks yeah i've been well working done. on it You've been listening. No, I've been practicing. Okay. So I am so honored to have Mukami Kuria uh, as our guest. She is amazing amongst many things and does a lot of wonderful things. All the things. All the things. Many things. Many things. The tings. The tings. The tings. The tings. I'll let her say a little bit more about her. Um, But Mukami is... (laughs) Wait, just I have to take a breath before I say this because it's so long and amazing and profesh. Uh, so Mukami Korea is an almost barrister, not solicitor, right? Yeah, not solicitor. Okay. 
Meaning you wear the wig in court or not? Nah? I will soon be wearing the wig in court in wow. very wonderful flowing black robes. So that will be a fun time. Do you have to wear the colonial... How do you feel about the wig? Wear... So, so <laughs> these are the things, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me do the intro first and then we can... <laughs> and then we can get into the That wasn't on our list of questions. It's a good question, though. Thank you. Okay, we're, we're coming back. Hold that. Okay. Parking lot. That. We're going to circle hit around. Pause, hit pause. Hit pause. <laughs> um, so almost barrister... Sometimes art writer and freelance editor living and studying between Nairobi, Kenya, and London, the UK. Uh, she's a founding member and co-convener of The Gathering, together with British Kenyan artist Michael Armitage, and has worked for, when I say one point, no. It's 154. 154. Yeah. Okay, but it's like written as a timestamp. So yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, contemporary African art fair, Tawani <laughs> Contemporary, and Addis Fine Art. Hey! She's, yeah, Woo! gang Thank gang. You. I'm She's second out, though. Okay. Sorry. And here we are. <laughs> I'm never getting through this intro. I'm really excited. There's so much goodness here. She's edited parts of uh, Contact Zones NRB series yep. and recently written commissioned text for the Michael Armitage exhibition catalog, uh, the Chapel at South London Gallery, and for the Goethe Institute uh, Project 10 Cities. In terms of when she's not out here being great and all in the art world and all in the lawyer world, um, she also is a graduate of uh, LSE, so London School of Economics, um, and holds an LLM in international law. You know, when you're not doing all the other things, what do you do? You get an LLM from the University of Cambridge. Ah. And here we are. Um, And I don't know what this means, but I think it's a big deal and is a recent intertemple exhibition scholar. So here we are. I, I, it just sounds good. So, guys, oh, the thing me is, though, confidence. I mean, you did it. You, you did all of these things. Yeah. Um, True. I'm going to call you out, though. Okay, oh. why? So, because our, because our listeners listen to us based on our woody banter and not what we look like. Yeah. Nobody's going to know <laughs> what you look like. <laughs> okay. So, I think you owe it to the people. To tell them how old you are. Oh my goodness. Uh, I turned 24 like 11 days ago. This yeah. one as an LLM. So you're like 23. Essentially, I'm a child. Uh, all yeah. of that, all the things that I just listed oh, Jesus at 23. I mean, I'm really happy for you. As Thanks. an elder, Thank you. it means a lot Thank to you. see. Also, people need to reevaluate their goals. You know, that's not true. Listeners, no matter where you are, <laughs> your dreams are valid. Your dreams are valid. Oh, a prodigy. Um, and her name is Mukami Korea. So on that note, um, tell us about what you do and why it's important. Well, firstly, viewers, you cannot see me blushing. Um, I'm very, very honoured and humbled by that introduction. Um, It means a lot to be here and also to see these two in action. I think it's quite nice to be on the other side of the podcast and understanding how sort of sound... I'm I'm interested in sound more generally. We can talk about that later. Uh, But the transmission of sound and like radio and podcasts as a medium... Anyway, so what the question was, tell me about what, what I do. Me. And what, and, yeah, what you do and why it's important. Oh, um, what I do. Well, as my intro sort of, um, as my intro sort of began to introduce, there's a bit of a, a tension between the different sides of my brain, the lawyer side and the art side. Um, I'm slowly becoming a barrister eventually. Uh, but for now and for the last few years, I have been working with artists. So when people ask me what I do, I say primarily I'm a friend of artists, um, which is, I think, important. People should be friends with artists. They're great. They're wonderful. They have very... The, the way in which they perceive the world is particularly illuminating. Um, 
Yeah. I'm so composed. <laughs> I'm so impressed. I was like, huh. Ah. No, no, no. In, inside my head, I'm like panicking. Um, but related to that, in terms of being a friend of artists, it means that I support um, a number of people's individual studio practices, either through research, um, through writing, through general yeah, being around and being available and putting them in touch with people who might have what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also co-convene The Gathering, which is founded by Michael. Um, and it's a symposium that happens every two to three years, and we bring together around 52 African artists from 16 different countries yes. within Africa and the diaspora, also important. Okay. Um, and it's all artist-led, artist-funded. Um, I think independence is quite key for us as our main ethos. Um, yeah, and I think that space is particularly important. I've been thinking about holding space a lot um, in this day and age. I, this morning there's some really sad news. Um, David Koluane passed on and he's like the grandfather. He's, he's an institution essentially mm. within Southern African art and more generally in African art. Um, and he founded a residency called the Bag Factory. Mm. And just now before I came, I was looking up the number of artists um, who passed through um, that space from Penisiopsis to apparently William Kentridge. Um, yeah, so thinking more generally about how it is that historically people have held space for others within the African art world and how it is that my own sort of cultural working and cultural producing is very much about holding space. I'm so impressed. Also, everything sounds more posh just because of the way you say it. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much. <laughs> Um, so before I get into my next question, I'm going to ask the question that I snuck in during your bio. Okay. How do you feel about the wig? How do I feel about the wig? <laughs> you know, so our friend Julius Malema was really... Julius! Julius. <laughs> Uncle Julius. Yeah, Uncle. Can you tell people who um, Uncle Julius is in case they don't Uncle know? Julius, this is a little intro. I feel like Namusa can also, you know, help me out where I yeah. miss out. Uh, but he is the leader of the EFF, the Economic Freedom Fighters, who wear the most Fist epic... In the air. Woo! Exactly. Red beret. They wear epic red overalls and they're forever interrupting parliament um, in South Africa. In South Africa. <laughs> uh, not in Kenya, South African politics <laughs> listeners. It's worth, it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. Just follow it for your own interest. Um, we can talk about Dr. Bay later, but anyway. Um, so Julius is this firebrand who used to be in the ANC and yeah. was sort of seen as his prodigy and um, seen as the person who would take up the mantle, uh, but sort of became too independent and went off and did his own thing. Um, yeah, and he has many wonderful opinions on lots of things in his party as well. Anyway, so there's a clip of him talking about uh, the fact that Kenyan lawyers... Actually, I'm not, I don't think it's compulsory anymore, but it definitely used to be. Uh, but Kenyan lawyers would wear um, wigs in court. Um, and I, I, like, I talk about this in London as well, about the common law being the longest remnant of English empire. The fact that so many countries still mm-hmm. abide by the same legal system. Um, what what, could, it, what I, does this wig look like? It's a horse. It's a horsehair wig. A, yeah, yeah. Inches. Hot take. Exactly. <laughs> but it's a it's a white horsehair wig, so it's not it's not like a normal so wig. So it's a wig. weave, is what you're saying. It, it could be. It could be Are if you sewed it on. Are there barrister wigs? There should oh, be. Like lace fronts. Don't, don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. That's gonna be me. I'm gonna be like I'm running into court. Can't. Don't have time. Just gonna get it sewn in. Um, but it's this really bizarre white curly wig and you have to I know in the in the UK you have a very specific tin for it that you keep it in um, so it doesn't get manky and it's very pretty expensive um, so in the UK barristers do st- still wear wigs to court 
Um, in Kenya, I think when Willy Mutunga came in, a lot of the uniform and the rules changed. Um, he's the former. He's a former Chief, Chief Justice, Justice of Kenya. Kenya. Um, Mr. Controversial because he has an earring in his ear, and everyone's like, "Wow, whoa, radical." Um, but oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's um, also a big supporter of Kwani, apparently. Of many things, yeah. and of I think Power Two Five Four, a lot of the yeah. spaces. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I think he, in fact, I think he allowed women to wear trousers in court because for some reason, I think it might not have been allowed. Colonial but I don't, I don't practice here, so I may be lying. Lawyers out there, do correct me. I don't know. Tell us, um, Yeah, let us know what your thoughts are on wigs in Kenya. So Julius Malema was like, so why is it that these guys have to still wear their wigs? Is it like the, the whiteness of the hair puts them in touch with like... You know, with empire and like, can they think? Is it like they're unable to think without these wigs on? Yeah, so it was, it was an interesting. That is something time. he would say. It is something he are would say. Are you going to wear one if you were asked to? I have to as a barrister in the UK. So I'm, I'm intending to practice in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and by virtue of what the legal regulations and dress codes are still like there, I will have to wear a wig. Do you think people are challenging that? No, <laughs> it's England. And here we are. And here we are. Can we get a 4C barrister wig, though? I feel like that'd be a fun time. Even if it's the white horse hair, but curly. Curly. Yeah. Maybe. Holding no no moisture. I mean, I was going to say, they didn't tell you what kind of texture it had to be. Yeah, they didn't. Well, you never know. I could oh just God, turn up with my own wig. Can we get a cornrow barrister wig? That'd be, that'd be an interesting time. Oh my God, that please. That'd I mean, I'm not trying time. to endanger your career. But it's I'm like, just saying, think if, about it. Just consider the if options. If you could do that, yeah. please take a photo and send it to me. Okay, I will, I will attempt, but the bar is, yeah, it's the bar. Um, full true. of steeped in tradition, such as England. Um, and colonialism. And colonialism. Okay. But guys, ribs are great. Anyway. That's a different story. Well, <laughs> on that note. On that, on that note, note. So, in your other life slash interest slash job slash friendships with artists. Yeah. Um, that's our next question. So, why is art important to you, and why do you think it's important to Kenya and to the continent more broadly? Whoa. That's a yeah, interesting question. Um, to me personally, I think it just provides me balance in my life. Um, so I was particularly, people who know me when I was at Cambridge know that I was a bit miserable because there's one. Because <laughs> you were doing an LLM at 22. I was, I was doing an LLM at 22, but, but. Oh, that's sorry. Yeah. Because <laughs> goals. As one does, no, no. Um, but there was. <laughs> As one does, you better claim it loud and strong. Be like, yes, I did it. Okay, I did I, that. One has to be. I'm 100% you know, that. Be like, I'm that. That's me. Um, but in Cambridge, there was only one like contemporary art gallery which had been closed and only reopened um like halfway through my second term and that's kettle's yard which is actually quite good if you're ever in cambridge would recommend go visit um but i would be in london every other weekend because i was just used to life in london and there always being something happening in london um and it, it was just art provides me room to escape to breathe i mean the law is rigid there's only so much mm. that one can do there's only so much that it'll change but art just provides room for me to identify with what other people are saying, what they're making, um, to just imagine differently um, and to think that the world could be different. Um, so for me personally, I think that's why I find art important. And I think that's why more generally um, Kenyans should find art important and the continent does find art important. Um, that's a yeah, strange, a tiny linguistic distinction that I made. Uh, but it, I think in Kenya, some people say that art's not really on... The national priority it's not a like list of priorities um so context art was taken off the national syllabus 
in 2003 because it was seen as not in line with national economic development. Um, it was sort of seen as a bit too soft a subject. Um, and this is during free primary education, so overhauling a lot of the curriculum. Um, and so because of that, I'm, to the best of my knowledge, not many people are able to learn art in school. Mm. Um, and there should perhaps be a shift where that is a possibility, where people think that they can be artists. They think that they can be performance artists. They think that they can be curators, art historians. Mm -hmm. um, but then again, I've been having conversations about art institutions on the continent, and people are like, is that really a priority to the average Kenyan? I'm like, well, you know, people need to eat and they need to have their basic needs met. Uh, but also being able to understand one's history, to understand one's culture. I mean, places like Senegal have done amazingly well in terms of putting on the Dakar Biennial um, mm -hmm. every two years and having their government fund it. Um, having this new museum, I think it's the Museum of like Black Civilizations. Yeah. Yep. Um, places like South Africa where, okay, that's I think a different situation, but where you have institutions like the Zeitzmoker, um, places like Morocco, um, where you have Macal, which is just opened. Um, there are countries where art is part and parcel of national heritage and having this trace of a very specific moment in a nation's history. Um, and also just having room to perhaps be a bit more radical when the space or politics don't allow you to be as open as you want to be. Um, and yeah, so for those reasons, I think art should be of importance um, to people across the continent. Can I give you a business idea? <laughs> go on, go on, go idea on. Idea factory over here. Um, that's true. I, I am an idea factory. But yeah. I would I would pay to go on like a museum, an art museum tour of Africa with you. Oh, wow. Huh. Interesting you Interesting. threw the word museum in there. Funny you say that. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that's interesting. All. I mean, I, I too would pay, pay slash more? organize the museum segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work hard. We, we, I, I think that's actually a pretty brilliant idea. I think there's, it's also just about knowing which institutions exist in which places. So right. outside of the North and say the South and Senegal, um, going to places where there's interesting artist residencies, where there's small galleries, where there's interesting art schools. I mean, these sorts of tours do happen, but it's like if you're on the board of like a big institution in the UK Give or in the US, which I give all of us time, right? Like we all get there, we'll get there one day. Um, but yeah, it's for people who do then come, who are part of um, acquisitions committees, who are looking for new work. They get to go around visiting all these places. But I think like young people who want to learn more about art should be able to do these things, you know, if you've got... I mean, even in Nairobi, I think it'd be interesting to have, yeah, more like tours, like a, like a day where you just go visit every single gallery in Nairobi. Yeah. Sounds like an Airbnb experience to me. Yeah, it is. But you could also just do it yourself and then not have to pay the commission to Airbnb. That's also true. You could do that. Could do that. I, I could do that when I if I was not going back to school, but here I am. <laughs> well, we're ready for you when you come back from school. The wig's okay. await. The wig is waiting. Okay. <laughs> um, next question. Yeah. Uh, do you pronounce it Biennale? Yeah. Okay. So in Biennale drama. Oh, I like it. It sounds good. So Biennale there's, drama. There's, there's two pieces. Okay. 
Because you can't have a biennale without drama. I'm that's also that's also true. Um, can you one please explain the ship fiasco at this okay. year's uh, Venice Biennale? I certainly can. And then the second question is: Can you explain the representation controversy about the Vienna Biennale a few years ago? Oh, Vienna or Venice? Venice. Also. Oh, I think it's Venice. I it should be Venice. Venice. I think. Okay, it's a, that's do you why I was like, ooh, there's a Biennale. The Kenyan one. So the Kenyan yes, representation. The Kenyan okay, one. okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I thought that was the so, case. Okay, part one. So. <laughs> Um, this year, um, before the Biennale even opened... Maybe explain what a Biennale is. Okay, so a Biennale is essentially a insanely large exhibition that happens every two years. So you have Biennales, you have uh, triennials. I'm trying to think of any triennials that I know. You have quinennials, which are the ones that happen every, every five years. So I think Manifesto happens every five years. Documenta happens every five years. Uh, Venice happens every two years. And then there's other Biennales like Dakar... Uh, Bamako, uh, coaching so series. Uh, there's Berlin, which yeah. happened we were in Berlin the year before. At the same we time. were in Berlin at the same time. The um, yeah, so Biennial and Venice is the model of a Biennial. It's the oldest one that exists in the world. And therefore, it's... How long has it been around? Do you know? Since like 1890-something. Wow. I think it only took a break during like World War Two. Because um, yeah. they're like, we kind of need to uh, no Biennale this year, but you know, hey. Quick thing, BRB. 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 And so Venice is considered to be one of the most prestigious ones in the entire world. Um, and everyone sort of, it means a lot if you are included in it, which feeds into part two um, when I get around to that. Um, so this year's Venice Biennale, um, there was, even before it opened, um, sort of the art newspapers and even the Guardian had caught wind of this ship that had been moved from, I think, Melili in Italy um, to further up the coast to Venice um, and had been displayed. So Venice, the Biennale, there's like the Arsenale um, and it's by, the, it's by the sea, most of Venice is in the water, but that more, specific, more than the Giardini, which is the other venue of the Biennale. Um, and so the Arsenale is essentially by a dock. Um, and so out of the water, comes this ship that's then hoisted onto like some mount or stand um and so the ship was a ship that held i think a couple of hundred people like maybe 300 um in 2015 and it was traveling from i think tunisia and it was going to italy and everyone except 28 people died aboard the ship and um their bodies were stuck in the hold for quite a while. So the Itali- Italian government took it out of the water um, and then like put it in this dock and then had to take out the bodies and identify everyone. Um, and then once you're finished with that process, they're like, what should we do with the ship? And I think the ship was given to this artist called um, Christoph Buchel and he was doing um, a project at the time with Manifesta in Sicily. And the project's called Barca Nostra, which I think means our boat. Um, and he was trying to have a conversation um, around the migrant crisis, which has been which has been in the art world for quite a while in the last like say three four years. Uh, but anyway, fast forward to Venice Biennale. The ship comes to Venice, and it's put outside the Arsenale, not necessarily as part of the main exhibition. I don't think it was, but it's put there without any titles, without any explanation, no context. And so for me, I found it particularly distasteful during the opening week when you're walking past, you're walking past a ship. And if you know, you know what the ship is um, and why it's particularly uh, morbid to put it there. And not even in a, in a way that makes you think, particularly because 
there's all these like billionaire art collectors walking past. Yeah. They're not stopping to look at it, to think about it. And it just seemed immensely tone deaf mm-hmm. um, to put that ship there. So I think there's, there's work that's managed to think about the med in a lot more of an effective way. Um, there's work where people have thought about the slipperiness between, say, the Black Atlantic and the unending, like, present of Le Gouffre, which is the gulf which Edward Glissant writes about. Um, but for me, that just missed the mark entirely. And so Christoph Buchel is also known as well for having controversial installations. Um, in 2015, he was the artist... Um, who was at the Icelandic pavilion and he essentially started, he put up like a mosque in the middle of Venice, um, which a lot of things went wrong with it and the mosque got shut down. Um, But I think he manages to use already dehumanized people Mm -hmm. um, and not really do much to not just eat their suffering and like be more gracious about how he goes about talking about these really difficult things. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's part one of your question. Um, Part two is another really complicated backstory. Um, In 2013 and 15, there was a Kenyan pavilion at Venice. Um, I think in 2000 and... Oh, wow, this feels like a lifetime ago. Um, In 2015, yeah, it was 15. Um, I think it was discovered that the Kenyan government had given the title of, of curator to um, this guy who lives down in Malindi. This is all public knowledge. You can go look it up if you want to. Um, but they gave him the curatorial position. And what he did was then he sold off the slots to a lot of artists from China. And the thing is, you with, most, with many pavilions, year in, year out, can have and will have artists who aren't necessarily of that nationality. But a lot of people felt that this was unjust and Kenyans were shortchanged because they don't have the same capital to be able to pay mm-hmm. and the same access to yeah. be able to pay their way into a national pavilion. Um, and so palava, palava, palava. Uh, people find out about it. Everyone's angry. Africa's a country, write an article. It's just all blowing up. And the exhibition catalog still had the Kenyan pavilions like title in it um, and the entire curatorial concept, but a, a note saying the Kenyan pavilion is no longer going to happen. So just before the Biennale opened, um, the pavilion just said, they said, no, it's too controversial to make it work. Um, that was the Biennale folks, or that was from the Kenyan side, or it was a mix of both? I think it was a mix of both, okay. um, as, as I remember it. Yeah. Um, and then in 2017, there's meant to be another Kenyan pavilion um, where we finally managed to try and get funding um, from the Kenyan government and to get a, a Kenyan to curate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that also went pear-shaped, which is, which is really unfortunate as well. Uh, but they eventually managed to put on a Kenyan pavilion in Judeca, um, and that was done out of the goodwill of lots of well-wishers. Um, whether we'll have a Kenyan pavilion soon, I am not sure. Um, hopefully we will. I think the example that we should look up to is Zimbabwe, who managed yes. to put on... It's like, come through Zim! Yes, my people. Your people. Um, <clears throat> but they always have the most extraordinary pavilion that under whatever circumstances that are happening nationally... Um, <laughs> Literally. They, you know, everything that could possibly happen. Yeah, they managed to have a pavilion at Venice year in, year out. Um, and it's curated by this extraordinary um, man called Rafael Chikukwa. Um, and he, I also believe, is the director of the National Museum in Zim. And so that's why, like, even the National Museum is renowned for having a lot of conferences, international yeah. 
um, like it's internationally well respected and he he runs a very tight ship. I really respect him a lot. Um, yeah, so Zim did really well. Ghana this year was an interesting one. I have controversial thoughts. I'm not sure everyone would agree with me, but um, I felt it was a bit of a... It was conceptually... It conceptually made sense, but they brought all their superstars, so it sort of felt a bit dense and a bit packed. Um, yeah, okay. th- that, those are my thoughts. Um, it was an interesting time. Venice. Woo. So I have a question for yeah. you that's... Off script. Related, off script. Off script. To your first point about okay. the ship. Yeah. Uh, but actually, before I do that, actually, the first how ha- the first way I heard about the Biennale was actually the 2015 Kenya controversy. Yeah. I don't think I knew about okay. the Biennale until yeah that happened. Um, but to your point about the the artist who put the ship there, but there was no kind of placard or signage yeah, 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 yeah. about yeah. yeah what the whole point was. Yeah. That reminds me of. Are you familiar with Kara Walker and the sugar? Ooh, the sugar yeah, 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 the sugar. sugar. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I saw that in Brooklyn okay. a few years ago. Yeah. Um, it was actually right before I moved to Kenya. Now okay. that I think about it. Okay. So for those who don't know, it's called A Subtlety or The Marvelous Sugar Baby. And it is a uh, 35 feet tall sculpture um, of a woman um in a sphinx position. So if you're familiar with the sphinx in Egypt, that's just imagine that. Um, And then it's a black woman in the, it's meant to symbolize a black woman in the antebellum South. So right after the civil war. So she has a headscarf and she is perched sphinx style kind of laying down. Um, But she's effectively nude. Yeah. Um, best of my knowledge yeah and so I went with a few friends there's also a few other sugar sculptures and so actually I should say I forgot about this it's at the site of the former Domino Sugar factory in Brooklyn New York and also sugar for anyone who's studied colonialism knows that sugar was a really big part Part of of, of trade uh, with former colonies um, and also labor and yeah, slavery. Exactly. Um, yep. So there was a lot going on yep. with that. And so I know some people's criticism of the piece was that inevitably you had people visit. And yep. you had people taking photos with the sculpture yeah, yeah. Um, and you know pointing at various parts yeah. of her body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were certain, I remember, especially black women, Yeah. Who felt who were hurt by by the by the piece, and it was also the, the artist is a black woman. Yeah, that is true. Um, and they said, "You're effectively giving our body away again to wow. be disrespected." Okay. Um, but then I heard later on, and this part I have to check, but that the artist herself said that was a part that was kind of not necessarily that was the whole point. Yeah, but. Everything else, all of, because there was a hashtag you were supposed to use with yeah. any photos that yeah. you took. Yeah. Um, and that was, and anything you saw in that hashtag was also a part of the art. Oh. So the way that people were touching right. the sculpture yeah. Yeah. or pointing at certain parts of it. her anatomy, yeah. that too, yeah. even though that hurts, that, was a, that response is also part and parcel of the art itself. Um, so that kind of reminds me of what you just yeah. said about the ship. So I'm wondering, 
is that a part of the artist's goal too? The fact that these billionaire collectors just walked by it without knowing what it was and what it meant, yeah. could that have been part of their inspiration or part of their motive too? I don't know, maybe, but I think in I think in Kara's um, intentions and in how it was that there was a hashtag and sort of her openly saying that the entire thing is part of like a larger, not necessarily performance, but just observation of how people respond to the work. With him, there was nothing afterwards. There hasn't been any information that's come out to the best of my knowledge of him saying that even during the opening week, I wanted people to reflect on the fact that billionaires were walking past it. Mm. Um, I think with with... I don't know. I, I, I find Kara Walker fascinating endlessly. Um, I think she's made some really powerful, really... I mean, people. some people find her work quite violent, um, whether they're white or black. Um, but it's, I hadn't actually followed the... I didn't know that about that work and that people had said that it felt like you're giving away our body again. Um, yeah. I wish I remembered what the hashtag was. Yeah. But if you see it for yourself... Yeah. There's plenty of people like, yeah. pointing and touching yeah. and gesturing. Maybe not touching, but like pointing at pointing certain parts at certain of her things. body. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's... That's really what... complicated. That's very difficult, I think. Can I throw my two cents in? Yeah. 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 I also think representation matters. Um, and I think uh, you can still have violent work uh, of black... Or the violence can be experienced of black women's bodies uh, created by a black woman. Yeah. Uh, but my understanding is in this context of the ship. Yeah. Uh, none of those people look yeah, like yeah, or yeah. come from communities. Yeah. yeah. That precisely that actually experience that yeah. harm. Yeah. And so, like, there's, I don't know, I don't know if cultural appropriation is the correct terminology from that, but there is some kind of like stealing of, of yeah pain yeah, and really yeah, difficult times. Yeah. yeah. Um, in and without providing context, yeah. it's you. I find it really difficult to understand like uh, how you were kind of challenging or contextualizing mm. people's plight. Yeah. So would it have been better if it was a person, an artist from like the Gambia or Senegal or from anywhere in a country that is experiencing like going through migration in this current moment, if they didn't put a placard and if they didn't explain, would that be better for you? I think it would be different, It'd be different. but it could still be violent. I right? think, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's people who've made, like, there's a body of work by, I really like, I like some of Kadiatia's later work, but he made an early work which has those, you know, the, like, silver um, blankets, and yeah. it was just very mm. crass. I personally find it very crass. Um, so the silver blankets, like the heating blankets. The heating blankets, you. yeah, and it's just an installation of those, and I, yeah, wasn't a fan. Um, I think there's, I don't know if there's, I, people always talk about the artist's responsibility and the way in which they want to represent things. Um... But an art, I think I feel like an artist from Africa, the ones who I know who have been looking at migration, do so with an interesting lens, do so with sensitivity, do so mm. with... It's not just about shock tactics. It's not mm. what Namusa is saying. There's a really great Canadian scholar who talks about, I think her name is Shireen Razak, and she writes about eating the pain of others. Um, and that, I think, is something one should always be conscious of, whether you're an activist, whether you're a lawyer, whether you are an artist. Um, I met her. That's so funny. Really? Yeah. How crazy? Ha! Huh? Small Canadian world. Exactly. Yeah. Small Canadian academia world. Yeah, I'm sure. Also, listeners, if you're overwhelmed by the amount of name dropping. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things happening. Happened, please know that I'm gonna try my best to like 
when I listen to Link. this. And yeah, I'm yeah. going to try and give you a glossary in the description because I know that's a lot. This is a lot. But so, also like amazing, sure, amazing folks yeah. that you so should just, know about. You should know. Just yeah. know that it's, if you feel overwhelmed and you're not able to like rewind, just know that I'm going to try. Yeah, don't okay. pause it when we get to be another. Like, just keep, keep yeah, going. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> Um, you had a question, I think. I do. Um, so what does the art scene look like for... You can change that word. Mm? No. Okay. It's fine. Um, so what does the art scene look like for those who support art? So the curators, the, the owners, um, auction houses, lawyers, etc. How do young people, whether it be on the continent or diaspora, get involved? Oh, I think it's like two separate parts to that question, but getting involved in what does it look like more generally um one just like for general bands i think if you're interested in art there's a hilarious meme meme page on instagram called jerry gagosian would recommend I, why have i not followed this it's yeah. it's a, but it's also my brother's like i don't find this funny i'm like very specific art memes so it's very like, if, you, yeah. if you know you know it's like about like basel and like finding your second husband there or like eating white asparagus in basel anyway i'm um, both of those things is this miami basel or swiss basel basel, basel. basel but i would basel? need yeah. i would need a first husband yeah I mean, exactly before we're looking for a number two and my type is more miami if i'm being so, honest fair enough fair okay. enough but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. For it's okay. Yeah, bottle um, for everyone. Uh, what does the art scene look like on the continent in the diaspora? I might be able, I'd probably know more about the diaspora, but I'll try and talk about both. Um, Can I give you a little bit of a, a comment as to where that came from? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of talk, or increasingly there's more talk around uh, supporting careers on the continent of like visual artists. Yeah. So whether that's like, or painters, sculptors, but I don't hear seem to have hear as much about a conversation around people who support art yeah. being able to happen. Being, so like curators, yeah, and that like that's where that kind of yeah. is coming from. Yes, yeah. there's so many young people and older people who would like love to be involved in yeah. art, but don't ne- not necessarily as an artist themselves. Right. Um. I mean, like being being a curator, for example, I think is a very serious and rigorous commitment um you end up you know i'm either doing a degree in curatorial studies or doing a degree in art history um and then going into an institution or working independently um on the continent i think i the there are a number of really extraordinary curators i need to shout out some people who i absolutely admire and adore um who work tirelessly who work independently people like Raphael, who i mentioned uh people like gabby Nkobo said her name wrong, but it, she was the last curator of the Berlin Biennial. Um, someone like Remy Onabanjo, she is slightly older than me, but she was, before she went off to do her PhD at Columbia, um, she was the director of exhibitions at the Wolfer Collection in New York and produced and put on an extraordinary number of exhibitions um, looking at African photography. Um, and somewhere like Raw, I think, is something that I need to dwell on. Uh, because they do a lot in terms of having a residency for people who want to learn about um, curation, who want to learn about art history, who want to learn about how to specifically approach it from this positionality of being African, of looking at things um, and decentering things in a very specific way. Um, and so Koyokuo, who was the founder of RAW, talks about like institution building being a curatorial practice and training a younger generation of curators to go on and do what it is that she's done. And she's now the new chief curator of the Zeit Smoker. Um, and the Zeit is another good example. They have a lot of curatorial positions and chairs where they bring in people from UCT and people from 
other universities, WITS or whatever, um, and then train them up in how to curate like within an institution. Um, so that's that's definitely one way. I think it's perhaps harder to be a curator, I think, than to be an artist. Not, well, I don't think that's fair, but it's just, it takes a lot of, of work and a lot of um, thinking a lot and making connections and putting on exhibitions, even if they're small exhibitions in mm -hmm. someone's house. Um, in terms of auction houses, I don't think, to the best of my knowledge, I'm not sure how many auction houses there actually are on the continent. I know Circle here run their own auction every two to three years. Every year, sorry. It's now every year. It is every year. Um, and then, of course, in the diaspora, there's places like Sotheby's, Christie's, yeah, yeah, Bonhams. Um, and I think most of them do tend to have an African art auction. Um, but in terms of just generally supporting the arts, I my advice to anyone who's interested is to try and immerse yourself by going to meet the artist. So not necessarily just going to galleries. I think going to studio visits is the best way to understand a person's practice, to understand what their aspirations are, to think about the ways in which you can support them, whether that's telling them about residencies you come across. Um, I know people as well who have started residencies with spare houses they have. I mean, okay, not everyone will have, of course, that's, entire, that's an immensely privileged thing and position that one occupies, uh, but it's, it's one way in which you can make the life of an artist just easier space. or interesting, just giving them space to think and sit in and make work in. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think how else. Um, I, I think in somewhere like the UK, I know there's like the Tate um, Young Patrons Group mm -hmm. and they do a lot of work. They do precisely what I've been saying. They um, go out onto studio visits. Um, they go and I think ensure that there's, I think youth engagement with someone like the, the Tate is pretty amazing in this day and age. Um, they have this new initiative called Tate Collective, where if you're under 25, you can get tickets for five pounds. So I can enjoy that for one more year. Panic! Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm like, no! no. Wait, wait, exactly. I'm not and trying like, to end the way my art love is set up. I'm in museums like almost every weekend. I hear you. Um, yeah, so I think also just finding ways of increasing accessibility to art. Um, yeah, supporting pop-ups, supporting places which are also tangentially like art related. So something like Bookbunk, I think a lot of people that we know are doing quite well in terms of um, giving them support in whichever ways they can. Um, yeah, that's a tough question, but I, I, I might have to, I might come back to it. You know where you should go? Where? I mean, you have to pay to get there, which is going to be a cost, but Washington DC? So a ton of free museums. all the museums exactly. Not all. Free museum. Well, there's yeah, some yeah, places yeah. like yeah, yeah, Phillips yeah, Collection yeah. and the like that are the Phillips. Is, it's an auction house. And yeah. they're, they're not going to be free. Free galleries as well. There's yeah. free. I want to say the Smithsonian has 14 oh, museums wow. in their Amazing. system. Amazing. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Okay. And I'm sorry, hometown folk, if I mess that up. Being a person from Your there, yeah. Card is revoked. Uh, but yeah, the Smithsonian okay. is a government. Amazing. Uh, These things are important. Sponsored yeah. institutions. Institution. So anytime there's a government shutdown, yeah, those that's why there's people are suffering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, we've been spoiled living in that area. Yeah, um, because it's all free. Very lucky. Um, I have a spicy comment. Okay, spice it up. Or sorry, question. Okay. Peely, peely. Um. So my question, my spicy question, is, uh, and I know you and I have had this conversation yeah. on the side, but I yeah. want to bring it to the forefront. Uh, so. She's got to have it. Okay. So, woo! Many wait, 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 wait. Let me Carry on. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. She's got to have it is uh, written by Spike Lee. There's been a new remake um, in the last couple of years on 
Netflix um, that centers a black woman living in New York. Um, it centers her love life. It centers her art experience. It, it kind of centers a lot of different, um, yeah, just people and relationships and situations that young, yeah, that her specific experience as a young black woman of color in New York has experienced. So gentrification is also part of that, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But it's centered um, around dating, no? The first, that's like the first, first, first season, season, but the second was, season yeah. is not as okay. much. Yeah. 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 It's more around art in yeah. the second season, actually. Yeah. Ah, which leads us to... Um, leads us right to the disrespect. <laughs> I feel like there was... I mean... What? Ooh, it was it was a lot watching that season. I was sitting at home sort of like, no, no! So I think there's, there's one episode where... Well, it leads up to a series of episodes. It's a series of episodes where... Spoiler alert. Go sorry, watch it now. Go watch press it now. Pause. Yeah, and then press pause and then be like, okay, I know what's going on. I do want to listen. Um, but so... My, what is her name? I've forgotten her name. The main character. Uh, she's beautiful. I can she is, her. <laughs> I know her real name. Her real name is Dewanda Wise. No, but her name in the show. Yeah, Dewanda's character. So Dewanda's character, this artist, is invited to go away. Is it Nola? Yeah. Nola! Nola, Nola, Nola darling! Ah, uh, yeah. I can't believe I've got yeah. that. Anyway, so Nola goes off to this. Name. It is a very good name. Um, so Nola goes off to, she's invited to attend this residency where she's in residence for a week. And there's a bunch of the other black artists. Um, and it's called Nation Time, which for me felt like it was a spin off of, on, like, of Creative Time, which is a summit that happens every couple of years. Um, and it, it has a bunch of artists who come and like thinkers and curators mm. and art historians and scholars. Um, and also of Fiesta's Black Artist Retreat. So in the first season, there's a very specific, sorry, Fiesta Gates is this artist that I'll talk about later. But in the first season, there's a very specific mention when Nola is in some gallery and some artist says to her, it's like, oh, you weren't invited to bar, like Fiesta's bar. Like, what is this like club? Anyway, so fast forward to season two and it seems to be like a ta- some in strange commentary on bar and also on like diaspora artists in America. Um, so one, I feel like that felt difficult to, if, if one knows what bar is. So for us, we model the gathering of bar because uh, Michael Armitage and Theasta Gates are both represented by the White Cube. And Michael had his first show inside the White Cube in Bermondsey in 2015, around the time that Theasta was about to start putting on, I think, the second edition of Bar. And so Michael, Theasta invited Michael to Bar. Um, and so, and, and Theasta said to Michael, if you want, if you're thinking of doing something similar, um, like, let me know. Mm-hmm. So having heard about Bar from like Theasta Studio, having heard about Bar from people who've been, not just Michael, it's, it seems to be a really extraordinary and transformative space. Um, it seems to be a space for community, for gathering, for um, healing even. I mean, people always come with like a lot of issues that they want to talk about. So watching that whole nation time thing just felt a bit strange. Were they poking fun at Bar effectively? I don't know. But the thing is, so initially I watched it, I thought, hmm, maybe. And like having heard that comment in the first season, I was like, oh, maybe. But then Fiesta is, appears later on in the series where yeah. he's introducing Nola's man friend yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. at that at mokada mm-hmm. um so i was like okay maybe it wasn't um anyway so there's that and then there's also that super problematic objectively problematic um white patron yeah. of this <laughs> nation time but it also just felt a bit overdone yeah. just felt like yes we all understand we there's a bunch of commentary on 
um, the problem, problematic nature of funding in the art world, whether it's talking about the Sacklers, whether it's talking about Yana Peel of the oh, Serpentine, Yana Peel of the Serpentine funding this like um, really problematic um, tech. Um, these conversations are there, but this just felt a bit tired. It mm. felt like it was coming from someone who isn't in the art world and it was just like a very like, oh, I think this is what's happening. I'm just going to uh. put it in. Um, so there's that. And then it got to the end and I was like, there's all, there's, then there's also like cameos by all these other artists. Um, I think Shabadana Self, Juliana Huxtable, Kennedy Yanko. But then it got to the end and Carrie Mae Weems, who is like the most epic, the most legendary, the most mm. phenomenal woman. And she is, I don't know how old she is now, like maybe 70, 80, 70. Um, and she's speaking. I was like, why have you made her be in this? This just seems too uncomfortable. And even there was, a, there was also another segment where they made um, Amy Sherrill speak about her portrait of Michelle Obama. Mm. And it also just felt like, it was really weird. It was like a strange crib session or like a, how did you get there? And like, how did you, oh, so tell us the process of how did, I, it looked like a, a, like a, they'd pause the series to just then interview her and then continue the series. Okay. Anyway, I just had many filtered feelings. I just had to share those with someone. Um, Thank you for sharing it with us and the listeners. Whew, yeah, and I'm done. Interesting, because when Namusa said that you wanted to talk about disrespect, I thought you were talking about another scene in the second season. Oh, really? Yeah. I Which one? You were talking about this one. I thought okay. you were talking about the one where Nola is talking to her West African artist bay. Ooh, that's also a about, That's also a mad point. Um, yeah. About um, oh, how does one begin to explain this? <laughs> That was um, that was so turned off, but yeah. About bl- basically black the difference British between black British people, artists, and, uh, arts, yeah, yeah, exa- and, and um, the actors coming from yeah, actors yeah, from, from the, the UK, UK taking typically jobs, of African terms. origin, yeah, um, then now taking roles in the United States or in Hollywood, if you will, yeah. Um, I've made comments black. on this. Let it be known. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, that was a really. That's the actually. That's the oh, only that's, controversy yeah. that I know about yeah. season two. I didn't okay. know about the ones that you were mentioning, so yeah. I'll um, I'll do my research on the others. Yeah. That was super problematic, and she called him like John Bodega or something, uh, like Bodega yes. something something. I have, and she called him like Chiwetel something Fufu. I was like, uh, no, it's like chi- Chili Toy Ejeda Tofu my God. and John oh. Puerto Rican Bodega. Yeah, that just wasn't it. That, that was not And so it. basically, for those who don't know, this was effectively a discussion that happened in real in real life, um, or debate that happened in real life between Samuel L. Jackson and Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, where Samuel L. Jackson effectively kind of made this argument that you have black Brits coming and taking roles that belong yeah. to African yeah. or, I mean, not belong, but that are cast, or roles where African Americans are casted. Um, and that's the character. Um, and Idris Elba yeah. kind of spoke up about that. Of course, he is a black Brit um, and of Ghanaian and Sierra Leonean parentage. Um, you have folks like Daniel Kaluuya, who is yeah. Ugandan, yeah. Brit. You have uh, Chui Telejafor, which is how you actually say his name. Exactly. Uh, Nigerian Brit, and so many others, right? Um, but they went on, I mean, no, Nola Darling really goes in yeah. <laughs> and says yeah. that, you know, effectively that black. Brits are cheaper. Yeah. They love their captors. Woo! Woo! Uh, they, oh! they, um, what's the word? They, but then, okay. So then the guy responds and he's also in this, like, I don't know what type of fabric it is, but like stereotypically African <laughs> yeah, of some sort. Yeah. Um, cause I haven't quite seen that scene in full, but I just saw all the commentary about it and like the clips. 
but then he says, but black British actors are better suited than black American actors for stateside roles because they don't carry the burden of fucked up black American history of lynching, slavery, Jim Crow, all that. Oh, it's um, all problematic. So, like, everyone is just wrong. Like, wrong. Wrong. And then Try she again. says that the black Brit actors suffer from Stockholm Syndrome and fell in love with the captors. And then they have sex. Well. <laughs> you know what they're not talking about? There's a lot of Both this. of them they're... coming and playing Nelson Mandela's role. Well. Well. Ooh, with terrible accents. Terrible accents. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or Will Smith playing the dude from Concussion. Exactly. Oh. Um, yeah, there's a lot but of... But Spike Lee... Oh, has made it very clear. So yeah, he's the one who precisely. wrote the original yeah, film. Yeah. He's the one that is spearheading the Netflix yeah. remake, which changed the gender because before yeah. it was a guy that it was focused on. Um, and he's like, no apology needed. He's like, well, and I said what I said, basically. Said said. And that's basically, I mean, I said some problematic stuff. And, and I don't get. He's just. Well, now he has his Oscar, so he's. Hey, here he's we are. Fine. What did he win an Oscar for? <laughs> Black Clansman. Original um, screenplay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen it. Neither. Oh, I'll I did. Play. I watched it on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I would, I would. It's not a waste yeah. of two hours. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> it's not a race to the bottom. But guys, the original "She's Got to Have It" was actually like there's something about it. Like he was, it was quite special. Okay. And it's well, there's so, a lot of his a lot of stuff that's like, really special. Right thing, do the right thing. Yeah. He's not. I mean, he's not. No, but it's just that like, he's just stuck in a very specific time, and this is not. And in a certain particular. Yeah. Precisely. Opinion. Yeah. Which is just. Stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So now, ready? Um. Okay. Now we're gonna go back to art. Okay. Um. Art. Talk about film. Everything. All the things. Art is so many things. Right. It is so many things. So, which Kenyan and African or African artists, if you want to extend beyond borders, yeah, are you most excited about, and who should we be looking out for over the coming? Five years. This is tough. So I think if I need to buy art always. tomorrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, that's really what the question is. I figured that's what you were going for. Let me just say it plain. Okay, okay. Who do I buy today so I can so cash I can, in you tomorrow? know, make some money. I, <laughs> I'm not getting out. Exactly. Um, that's. I don't know. I like. I tell people just like collect based off what you really like. Like don't. Oh, come I on. mean, but art, art's also <laughs> invested, right? Work insider trading on the Then, you know, no, but really, like, I'm one, if I, when I do make the coins to collect when I secure my bag, um, hey. I probably, I probably, my collection would be based on, like, what my friends are making. I think people who make okay. really compelling work. So I don't know, I'm not one of these, I'm not really, like, an art advisor in that way. Like, I'm not cutthroat enough to be like, okay, invest in this person and you'll make this much in, like, I think in, like, five years. And then we can just, because like... Because we think they're going to die in four years? Yeah. Wow. Wow. No, but it, Art often goes no, up in value. That's true. I'm sure David Colone's work is like significantly worth much more this afternoon than it was yesterday. Um, Damn, that's harsh. harsh. Yeah, the art world's rough. But even someone like so contra- like controversial thing that happened, I think last week, Shabarala herself sold for like some ridiculous amount. I don't know how many million dollars at auction. It might it might not even be a million, but the work was sold for like fifty thousand dollars. And so the controversial thing about the resale market, or like when work is in the secondary market, the artist doesn't see a cent or like very much of that money. Ah, you get the money. Yeah. So which is why even like mm-hmm. I like feel you're in music only precisely, your precisely, precisely. So that's why I'm like selling on work in the secondary market. I'm like I don't know how I feel about this. I feel like I'm too. When it comes to art, I'm too like. I'm not as cutthroat as I would be when I am a lawyer. I'm like oh, I feel bad about artists. Anyway, that aside, that aside. <laughs> Um, I will, yeah, the lace. Yeah, comes off. <laughs> the lace front when it's off. When it comes off, 
Um, I feel like lists are really difficult things. There's always like an artsy list about like 10 African artists you should know about now. Is it and like, speed? yeah, okay, yeah. Africa. <laughs> oh, okay, oh, Africa. Ass, okay, Africa is like, oh, these are, these are the women artists you should know about now from the African continent. Um, there's also like something, but yeah, mean. like problematic in like canon making. So I'm, I'm really skeptical of lists. But I like that in term. terms of, yeah, I think canon making is like, even in terms of literary world, I find canon super problematic. Um, so that's why I'm like averse to lists. But in terms of Kenyans who I'm, who I think are like my faves, yeah. um, so Wengeshi Muji, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Armitage, I'm immensely biased because I just mm-hmm. think he's wonderful. Um, and he's having a really brilliant year. Um, he's going to become, he was the second Kenyan to be included in the main Venice Biennale. He's just opened a show at the MCA in Sydney, which was previously at the Fondazione Sanretto. Ribaudengo, no, the Fondazione Sandretto in Torino. Um, and he's going to be the first Kenyan to have a solo show at MoMA in October. Um, she, she's saying by him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah about that. I can't. The way Can anyone? The way our coins are set up. I'm, I'm not sure what his actual value is. Is there a but... voucher? <laughs> Promo code. Promo code. <laughs> um, but I've always said to him, there's one work of his which is called Mpeketoni, and it was made just after the attack there in 2015. Mm. Um, and so, it's. <laughs> why are we clicking? You're like, ooh, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, mm, we just knew. We just knew. But he uses like Western art history in a really fascinating way, and I think it's based off a Goya painting, and it's one of the most stunning things, and the colors are lush and really intense, and like the weight of grief. Um, so that, that's my favorite work of his. Um, I really like him. And then on Saturday, I discovered an artist called Lincoln Mwangi, who is a year younger than me. Ah. Um, and Shut out. <laughs> I'm like, how are you making such great work? The great, the youth um, we're going to be all right. It's like, it'll, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I think he's really great. I don't, I haven't discovered his practice too much, but those are my, yeah, for now, three faves um, from Kenya. Um, across the continent, too many people that I love and respect and I think are making brilliant work. Um... Not necessarily young or like will be coming up because he's already come up, but I think William Kendridge, mm. who has a big exhibition currently on in Basel, um, he has made this operatic work called The Head and the Load, mm-hmm. and it's on the lost Africans of World War I. Mm-hmm. And I watched it three times. It was in London last year, and I watched it three times, and I cried each time. And it's such an important gesture in terms of naming, um, remembering, and presenting these people. Um, and it's just very Kentridesque and beautiful and affective in a very specific way. Um, so him. Uh, I, mean, a, you, I haven't heard anybody use affect in a sentence. I love affect. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful word. It's a really Since good way to like impress yeah. people yeah. because you know things. Exactly. Yeah. Like when you say from this so-and-so perspective, wins every time. Yeah. But no, I think affect is like one of my favorite words. I'm impressed. It's, it's a, so Sarah Ahmed is this scholar from Goldsmiths and she uses it in a, it's, I think it's in the cultural politics of emotion. And it's Jesus to talk Christ. about like how, how it is that, that <laughs> like we bodies that. We were well read and, and surfaces generate affect. A whole 24, that 11 whole, days ago. That whole sentence, I was like, oh Yeah, God. you're like, oh. I don't think you understand oh how hard this write out is about to you're be. Like, oh, oh, oh. You're um, about to, I'm going to be like, yo, you said this thing. It sounded <laughs> like this. Like, These are the syllables. I'm not I'm sure. I'm not sure. But can you tell me what that person's name was? Yeah, okay. This sounded yeah. like yeah. three syllables. It's like, tell me again. Rhymes with. Rhymes with this. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what it meant. Rhymes with art collector. Yeah. Whew, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Economic what? What was um, it? No, no. Just the way in which emotion and it's to do with like embodiment and it's very like Butler-esque, like Judith Butler. Um, but thinking about bodies and the generation of emotion and like mm-hmm. skin and surface and touch. Mm. Um, anyway, so I'm interested in performance <laughs> art. Like, like, just... <laughs> you're like, yes, touch me, touch me, touch me all the time. Please me, please baby. Little Cardi Bates. That's a great song. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, performance art. Yeah. So, so Africans are like incredibly good at that. There's a collective called IKEA. Gang, gang. Gang, gang, gang. My people as well. No, you, like for real. Like if people do South African art well. Like performance art well. It is South Africans. So Ati Pataruga, another extraordinary <laughs> performance she's artist. The, she's doing the Oprah joke she's like, right yeah, now. Like, like, yeah. She's like, me, obviously. Like <laughs> um, Ati Pataruga, um, the entire Kia collective, and then individually, mm. uh, Bronwyn Katz, uh, Lungiswa Munta. Tried to say her name right. Yes. Girl, um, respect on that name. I need to respect people's names. Kimango Leulere, I think, is extraordinary. Um, outside of South Africa, other people that I really got time for... That's such a good way to put it. Julie Mretu, I think, is extraordinary. Mm. She is from... Whew, she, so she was, I think she was born in Addis, and she's half American, half Ethiopian. And she's and done... Your peoples. Yeah, your peoples. I think she's... But she's well-established. Um, but I think she consistently finds ways to push her practice in, a very, in, a, in new directions, um, whether she's working on an immensely large scale, uh, whether she's working on a smaller scale, but always exploring the same themes, looking at abstracting mm. violence in a, a lot of sensitivity. Um, so I should, I should have really written a list because I know I'm going to forget people. Uh, so okay, you're going to get a phone call from me. And be yeah, like, so oh, yes. we'll have you back to our Oscars. Yeah, and be like, hey. And you'll have a list. Hopefully, yeah. And be like, I just want to shout out all these people and say, Start with what's God. up? Oh, no, another South African, uh, Lady Scully, Laura Winvergill. She's extraordinary. Um, Oh, no, no. Now, yeah, Zimbabwean. Could deny Violet Homie. Yes! I, think she's, I, don't, I don't like putting pressure on people and being like, you're my star to watch, but I think she is a brilliant... There you go! ...painter. Like, the way in which she's developed a painterly language and is continuing to develop it, I think, will only bear us... will bear really wonderful results in the future. Um, so she was in the Zimbabwean Pavilion Dem in Venice coins. this year. <laughs> Dem coins. No, no, but I, she just makes really great work. Um, and Good. she's really talented. Good. Yeah. Yay. So that's, who, who's on my, I've, yeah, I've probably forgotten a whole bunch of people, but here we are. That's so impressive. Well. Well. It is now that time. Okay. Next question. Next question. Um, so it's the rapid fire by force or by fire segment. Okay. Where we give you two choices. Okay. Usually two. Okay. There's going to be three in this one. And then, spoiler alert, and then we're asking you to choose one that you prefer. Okay. Would you, would you rather, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then give us a little bit of insight depending. uh, Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll prompt you. So you don't have to think too much. It's just what you like. Okay. Yeah. These are the easiest questions you'll get. We might fight you. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I will start us off with my usual go-to. Okay. Still or sparkling? Still. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we've been friends for so long. Always still. Cold, yeah. Yeah. Lemon or no lemon? No lemon. What? I'm a simple girl. I'm really simple. You just want it. That's not simple, though. But I drink a lot of water. Okay, it does. It does. You do drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water. You've got to hydrate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If <laughs> I know the answer to this question. Okay. But I want to hear your answer. Okay. 
If you were reborn in a new life, would you rather be alive in the past or the future? <sighs> the past. Like... Actually, actually... Uh-oh. No, like the world's dying and we're going to be dead. So I feel like I'd be, I'd be alive for like two minutes. There was no climate die. change in the past. I... No, climate change was happening. It was real, but I was also like, that's why I hesitated. I was like, but there was a bunch of wars. I mean, there's the entire Cold War. There's World War I, Also World being War II. a woman. Also being a woman. It was a bad time. black woman. Exactly. Would have been rough. I would go to the 20s, but I'd be white. Yeah. The roaring yeah. 20s, I feel like. Yeah. I love the style of that period. Yeah. But even gender-wise? It's a bad time. Would you be a white man in the 20s? Oh, Flappers had some fun. Yeah. Mm. I would just be white. Race is more important in this case yeah, than, than yeah. gender when it comes to yeah. who had what. Maybe like 1960s Kenya. I could live with that. Ooh, yeah. fist Before in the air. or after. Independence. Independence. After. Just after. Just yes. right after. Just while after. things are still fresh. A lot, a lot of optimism in that time. Honeymoon it's like period. like captured in like the music and the sound and you can hear it. And, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Definitely future. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. How far into the future? Mm, well, depends when the world's going to explode. Yeah, that's also true. 2050, actually? Yeah. Maybe 2051. So after, after. the yeah. death, the major wow. death. Wow. Because I'm still around. You want to be by yourself? Yeah. No, not for a long With Elon long. Musk, who would have disappeared. No, but it's, you're, you're born into a new life. So, like, this uh, is your life. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be there at the end, because that'll be too, too, too dramatic. <laughs> that's what I'm too saying. much, too much. Uh, maybe, like, 20 years from now. Okay. So 2039. No, it's too close to the end if it's 20. Yeah. Then you have 11 years. Well, I probably would say now then, even though. That's not an option. <laughs> it's a shit show. Okay. <laughs> Past or future? Well, I also would love to be part of like the revolutionary movements. Ooh. I, I can yeah, see that for you. Too. Yeah, very on so brand. So my genetics. 50, it is in your genetics. Yeah, but in. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so hard for people though. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to be in that moment like. I'm going to be old enough to see that moment where, like... It's like, whew, change. Kind of colonialism yeah, on paper falls. falling, yeah. Colonialism on paper. Ooh, ain't that the truth? Well, that's wow. a hot take. Wow. Um, all right, it's back to me. Paintings or sculptures? Ooh, ooh. Well, paintings. That's <laughs> just rude. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. Um, paintings, just, always. All right. Not always, but, I mean, yeah, paintings, largely. That's Why? Okay. Um... I don't know. I've ever, ever really been much of a sculptor kind of gal. Um, but you said touch. No, you said touch. But you can't. Well, I mean, if you want to be in a museum, I'm not trying to, you know, pay, yeah, touching and stuff. You, you don't want to touch art. Oh, that's the, woo, God, no. I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> so I'm like scared of like having children take them into museums. I'm like, it's going to be, breathe, oh, breathe deep breaths. Like apparently in Basel, some child like, broke up a sculpture and I was like oh bugger. oh my gosh yeah do you have to pay for it how does that work so I think there's like art, sure. specific art insurance for that sort of thing but it's just like it's not a good time though you just kind of just leave and hide your face for the rest of your life and never come back never come back okay. so yeah no paintings alright paintings okay so this is a new type of question that okay. I'm asking okay so lose one okay Issa Rae okay Cardi B Chrissy Teigen Oof. So it's kind of like Mary F. Kill. Yeah, um, I hear I, you. But I hear I'm, you. I'm trying to be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're not trying to put hits on anybody's name. Exactly. So you just have to lose one. Controversial. I'm going to go with Issa. I don't know why. What? Yeah. Why I'm... is everybody an Issa hater? I agree. Yeah. No. Yes. Chrissy. But no, no. Bah. Chrissy's funny. She's like, black Lives Matter. She's hilarious. Fine. Funny. I'm keeping Issa. cook and get more My black out laughter of her. matters too. How, yeah. how my my joy matters too. How would it... Insecure existed. 
do I even I've watched like one season. Okay, so what is to it? Be fair, tried. Uh, tried. I, I, stop. This, I say this all the time. Yeah. I'm so Im- immensely proud of her. Yeah. I'm root for her. Yeah. I watch her shows. Yeah. There's been some gems in Insecure, exactly. but as a whole, you're going to choose Chrissy. I'm not the biggest fan, fan of Insecure, of it. but it's yeah. not it's not that I hate it. Exactly. It's not that I tell people don't yeah. watch it. Yeah. I just say for me, I thought season 2 was much stronger than yeah. season 1. Yeah. I haven't even gotten around to watching season 3 yet. Well, so that just shows like where it's on my Exactly. But again, I'm, I'm I need to preface this, and I feel like I've said this before yeah. on the podcast. Like, yeah. I immensely am, I like, I truly am yeah, so yeah, proud yeah. of her. Yeah, like I follow her on Instagram. I root for her. I want her to have all the things. Like, yeah. But in terms of. Not if you lose her. No. But in, that doesn't mean that I need. Yes. Yeah, if I'm, I have to pick one. You know. I, I'm sorry, but Chrissy's hilarious. Yeah. If you follow comments by celebs on Instagram, she's. Exactly. There's she a is, weekend yeah, like Twitter. For her by she's itself. like hilarious. So I appreciate people who've got sass and yeah. Uh, yeah, I stand by it. And Cardi, obviously. obviously. I'm like, not going anywhere. Like, also diaspora, anywhere. but I'm just going to leave that there. Listen, I'm not pushing you to keep Chrissy alive. Yeah. I'm just saying that's my preference. You should be pushing me. No, I'm not going to because that's your choice. Mm. And I respect it. No, don't respect it. No, but that's how I roll. Okay, next. Yeah. Analog, digital, or sound? Ooh, that could be literally analog, digital, or sound. Mm-hmm. And lose one. Mm-hmm. No, just pick what pick you one. like. So pick one, yeah. Yeah, you're not you're picking one, not losing one. This opposite. Time. Yeah. So I suppose like records fall into sound. You yeah. Know what I mean, mm. yeah. So sound. Okay, yeah. Sound. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Respect yeah, sound in a big way. <clears throat> okay, and last one. Okay. But certainly not least. Okay. So, the context is your mantra. Okay. Hot girl summer. <laughs> oh. Or or. You could have had a bad bitch, non-committal. Help you with your career, just, just a, a little. little. Shout out Lizzo. Ooh, ooh. And Megan Thee Stallion. Ooh, I'm gonna go number two. Okay. Oh, yeah. all right. Yeah. Pour Pray tell. I'm, I'm hot girl summer. It's like I'm like yeah. I see you. I see what you're up to. I see. I respect that. But I don't know. It's not. Is that on brand for me? I'm not sure. Living my best hot girl summer life. It could be. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It can be whatever you want. I mean, if it is you, it is you. I mean, you know, hey. I don't know you well enough to know if that's your brand. So you tell me what your brand is and I'll believe you. It's not yet, but it can be. Just wait till you get that wig. Exactly. Hot girl summer. Woo! Lace front. Lace front. Horse hair corner wig. Yep. In that tin. Yep. Party party. Body party. <laughs> you know someone's gonna invent it, like for sure, and I hope it's you. I, and I hope you get all the points. Yes. Black innovations. Don't Woo. let no. Yeah. 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 Just and then, and then in like twenty years from now, they will be like, "Come Korea invented the inventor of the cornbread." Oh. You know that, and that will then be in the Kenny Pavilion at, at Venice. Why people are like conceptual arts, lace front. And on that Wait. wild note, on that note, um, how can our listeners? find you uh yeah and or more about your work um stalk me on hey, instagram. hey let's, be, let's be really clear yeah, yeah. true. no it's no, so on instagram is where most of my art adventures are oh nice um and things that i actually use instagram to like think about things that i'm thinking about so like juxtaposing inst- interesting images so like a lynette yeardom boyaki painting and like a gordon parks image um <laughs> yeah <Sorry>. so <laughs> and so we're like ah find those conversations at Mukami underscore Korea. M U K A M I underscore K U R I A. Woo! Simple. Yeah, simple. That's it. That's the easiest place to find me. Sweet. 
Thank you so much Thank for you. literally gracing us with all of your wisdom. Um, so many facts. So many yep. facts. Facts on facts. So many, yeah. Of yep. ahead of. So many facts on yep. facts. Um, Thanks for having me. It was Thank a lot you. of fun. It was wonderful. It was a good time. Come back soon. I will. I'm going to go get my coins. I'm investing in yeah. everybody you told me to. Exactly. Be like, so tomorrow. who's a gallery? Yeah. <laughs> like, send me an email later tonight. Be like, so can you just put me in touch with this so, gallery? quick one. Quick one. <laughs> Three in the morning. Just on the other. Just wondering. Yep. Yep. Sure. Okay. Peace. Woo. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Anytime. Thanks for having me. How people find us? We are at Africana. A-F-R-A-C-A-N-A-H. That is on the Twitter. Twera. And Instagram or IG if you're nasty. And then there's also at Africana Podcast. Why is that funny every time? I don't know, but, you know, I'm just here to deliver. So there's at Africana Podcast on Facebook. And then, of course, if there's something you want to know or a suggestion for a topic or for a guest, speaker, et cetera, et cetera, we're obviously very, very welcome to or open to hearing your thoughts. Uh, so that would be ask, A-S-K, not ax. But ask, <laughs> ASK. Depends where you're from, though. Depends world. on where you're from, though, because I've definitely asked a thing or two. Um, Africana at gmail, gmail.com. Bye! <laughs> Bye. <laughs>